This podcast is for mature audiences only and may include cussing, cursing, fidgeting, rambling, insensitive or irreverent material, slurs, catchphrases, expressions, lamentations, and or degradations that aren't suitable for young folk. Also, we'll be talking about the reefer. That wizard came from the moon. Uh, hey there, Purple Dungeon Squad. Please be advised that Andy's audio is absolutely 100% horrific in this recording. Hopefully we'll have it uh, right for next time. Thank you. Welcome to Purple Dungeon Squid, the podcast for gamers that toke. If you love the green and you love the screen, then you're in the right place, friend, because we're here to shoot the breeze on some dank strains and some video games. This week on Purple Dungeon Squid... Dan spent an unseemly amount of time floating through space in No Man's Sky. Andy puttered around with some retro and iOS games and checked out the Las Vegas eSports Arena. High Times tells us about weed pills and ways in which your marijuanas could be contaminated. Plagiarism strikes! IGN facing down some heat in their latest Dead Cells review. Speaking of which, Dead Cells looks dope, homie. EMU Paradise gets spooked by Nintendo. We cover off some new Switch games coming up. Roadside Weed Tests are making their debut in Canada and plenty more, eh? We'll also be settling in for our smoke sesh with our strain and our munchie of the week. So stick around for that because it's going to be a good, good time. I'm your host, Andy, and with me as always, the one, the only, the may have soiled himself, Dank Dan. Hold on, Andy. Suit inventory full. Suit inventory full. <laughs> Ship inventory full. Um, I think we're going to have to leave this deuterium behind, my dude. <laughs> Your ship inventory is full, is it? You, there's not a space. I mean, it feels like I should have much more space. How much does this molecular deuterium take up, really? Well, you got me there, pal. But the next time you're going to deuterium in your suit, you should probably do it outside the spaceship. Buddy, that will buff right out. Oh, right out. Got you. Welcome aboard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> got a little deuterium in the throat there, uh, eh? A little deuterium down in, the, uh, down in the old throat cavity. Yeah. I mean, you've been feeding me coffee for a little while, so I'm, I'm feeling a little jittery, feeling a little anxious. I'm also a little nervous because I'm in your presence for the first time in a very long time. You, you're going to have to take in my full visage. Hey, what's the difference between visage and visage? Uh, one is French and the other one is a uh, happy little place I go when I need to escape my mind. It's your happy place. Okay, I got it, buddy. It's a happy place. How are you enjoying that coffee? That's some of my special brew. Um, I don't like that you've called it a special brew because okay. it makes me question exactly what's inside of it. Well, you were present when I made it. I think that's. I don't think that's accurate. Oh. I see. I see. Right. We'll have to check the tapes. We'll have to check the tapes. Awesome. Well, super awkward here in the Purple Dungeon Squad lair because, holy moly, we haven't uh, actually spent any time with eye contact. Dan and I are the first... Uh, wow. Words like are a, not coming to me. This is like me. a first contact situation. I'm like nervous. I'm jittery. Yeah. I feel a little like... Now little... you can see the dampness of my forehead in person. <laughs> it's, it's so true. Here, it's so much more damp in person. Here's the thing about um, doing a podcast is the direct enemy to recording equipment is a fan. 
Right. And so the fans have been shut down. It's it's uh, hitting a, a gentle 85 Fahrenheit in here, uh, adjusted for our American friends, for our for our friends in the European uh, continent. Uh, what is that, 30, 31? Is Europe a continent? Pardon? Never mind. <laughs> Pardon? It's rather warm. Let me pour you a little bit more coffee. A little more coffee. Let me ask you a question. What else would it be? Um, a place, a magical place. Just an island that means it. An island in the sun, buddy. An island in the sun. <laughs> oh, welcome to the Purple Dungeon Squid, guys. This here is a podcast about, uh, what is it about, Dan? It's about weed and video games, and we've done you the favor today of starting off the rails. Yes, uh, as opposed to the usually tightly tuned introduction mm, that we're used to. So mechanical. So mechanical, and that's what she said. That's what she said. That's, that's what she said. That's what she said. Oh. One of our best. Uh, Andy, uh, just came back from Las Vegas, man. Once again, what was that? What was that adventure like? This one seemed to be a little bit of a special one. It was a special one, pal. It was a special one. So the last time we chatted, um, I was sitting in my hotel room with my microphone in a shoe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, recording that way. And this time, I'm actually quite happy to have a brand new mic. Which um, which may be working okay, I think, based on the levels I'm looking at. Yeah, throwing some confetti. He's got a yeti. I don't know that it's going to um, it's going to buff out those chair squeaks that we hear from you every your, week. Your microphone is bigger than my microphone. That's that's that, by design. I find that unsettling. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like you went out and you said to the guy, "Yo, give me the biggest mic you can find." I, I want to give you an idea of how large this is. It's the large. It's the size of a, a rugby ball, roughly. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, large and in charge. You know what they say about guys with big mics? You get that I'm not biting on that, right? Yeah, well, you didn't bit on it yesterday. Oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, not the That's best. That's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Um, but yeah, dude, no, I had an excellent time in Vegas. And a uh, more important element is that Evo was going on while, actually, mm. just after I, I literally flew out the day that Evo started. And, uh, you know, coverage from that event uh, made it look absolutely rock star. But I can tell you firsthand, being at the Las Vegas esports arena was a mind blowing experience. How many people were at the arena? So it was Wednesday night when I went, and they've got something called Wednesday Night Fight Night. Right. And uh, so the Las Vegas Esports Arena is right inside the Mandalay Bay um, Casino mm. uh, Hotel. And mm. so you basically walk through the front door. There's this section off to the side that leads to this magical land filled with 100-foot screens. I imagine. I don't didn't measure them. Mm. I forgot my measuring tape at home. but mm. uh, And just jam-packed full of gamers. It's right. a cool place, man. So you walk in. First and, and foremost. And Evo is the esports fighting event, right? That's right, yeah. The biggest one? In oh, North yeah. America? I would say so. I yeah, think yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Evo um, Evo tournament, I think the, the, I actually think the hottest game coming out, or the one with the most hype and, and coverage, I want to say was Dragon Ball Fighter Z. You know, Dragon Ball Fighter Z is the big, the big sort of new guy in the block, but I still, Street Fighter still had a massive attendance. Well, sure. So the night that we went there, like I said, it was Wednesday night fight night. So it wasn't um, an official part of Evo, although I believe it was people from Evo who were competing. We chatted with a couple of them. They were from, uh, from UK. Mm-hmm. So that was neat. Um, it was a like it's a reasonably intimate venue. It's about the size of you know, uh, boy. How do I even how do I even describe? It's it's a it's a decent size. Fits probably a couple hundred people, um, and it was jam packed. Like the floor where all of the computers are set up in a local area network for people to kind of jack into and, and and play fighting games or whatever. That was completely crowded. There were people all over the floor watching the big screen up top. They have a bar on the second floor, and that's where we chose to spend most of the time because. Get this one, Dan. Purple Dungeon Squid forgot their weed. Oh no! <laughs> forgot their weed for the esports event, but that's okay. We were we were having a good time, enjoying some beers on the top level. Um, and I mean, it was how can I describe it? Um, 
I went with two colleagues who are not huge gamers, right? Mm. And I can tell that I was dragging them along <laughs> to get right. them into this esports arena. Uh, we came into the, you coming through the front. And there's a section where they've got old school video games set up for people to just jump in and play. We played a little bit of Mortal Kombat on the Genesis, just jumped in, played a game. I dominated, obviously. Um, we played a little Super Smash Brothers. Surprisingly, I got absolutely trounced. Um, they had like GoldenEye set up, they had Crash Bandicoot set up. So overall, it's just a cool thing to do in a random afternoon if you want to play some video games. But once you get inside, you know, you've got, uh, especially for this event, you've got crowds of people all watching this screen where folks are taking on each other, the teams are facing off um, to play Street Fighter. So, have you ever, have you ever like spent any amount of time watching people play esports live? It, it it changes the game that you're watching because there's the game you're aware of. It takes place in your living room and it looks a certain way, and then you watch uh, the top tier guys and they're doing. They're doing things not only that you haven't done, but you haven't even heard of them. What is a double force cancel? What is a double force cancel? It's like he canceled, then he canceled again. He canceled it's it like up. The seventh animation, that seventh frame, that's the keyframe to draw them in. He thought I was going to uppercut. I canceled. Then he thought I was going to Hadouken. Oh, I canceled that too. He canceled some, it all. Some insanity. Some Return insanity. to sender. Yeah. yeah, it was wild, man. Um, so, you know. Going in with these two colleagues who were not super stoked about watching video games, and understandably, because uh, to be honest, I wasn't necessarily like I, you know, I, I watch uh, Twitch streams here and there, and, and you know, some YouTube, um, you know, pre-recorded stuff. But uh, boy, the experience of sitting down in a bar, drinking a good old-fashioned American beer, and watching two extremely talented Street Fighter—let's call them professionals, because that's what they are—duke it out on the enormous screen is way more fun than I've ever had in a sports bar. And I'm a pretty big sports guy. So the idea that, um, you know, this esports thing is still kind of finding its feet. And there's been some notable kind of stumbles recently. I know PUBG is having a bit of a tough time getting it together in the esports world. Uh, but, boy, Street Fighter totally had my guys, my, my colleagues hooked. They were they were pumped. We were there for like two and a half hours watching Street Fighter happen on a big screen. And every victory, you know, when you you, you typically will, will get this challenger that comes in and goes two, three, four challengers deep. Um, I don't know about typically, but that's what experience there. And it was this dude who was playing Cami that had them like captured, right? So this this guy had such skill with Cami that we were all sitting there in our seats, biting our nails, watching um, as he took on challenger after challenger. It was a genuinely special moment. So if you're in Las Vegas and you have an opportunity to check out the esports arena, damn, dude, real good time. I I really was struck by one thing, which is. Evo played on TSN. What? So uh, uh, TSN has like I think uh, pretty cautiously waded into the esports world. Really? Yeah. So I know for a fact that some of Evo streamed on TSN, which you know to one crowd, I'm sure was a big fuck yeah. But to like your standard Joe Six Pack that was tuning in. For you know the high scores or the highlights were just like hey man let's let's high five standard Joe six pack oh they're the best he's an important guy man the heroes of the but I just mean what they were expecting was something else and they're like what in tarnation is a Hadouken or what in tarnation what in what in what tarnation what indeed is a Hadouken what in tarnation is a Hadouken no I get you man it's it's I mean for me it would be shocking to be flipping through the channels at home and to um, you know, stumble across 
Dragon Ball Fighter Z. By the way, that game looks freaking good. Super good. Every every frame of that game is is like a desktop worthy screenshot. Dude, it's insane. Like, you know, especially the beginning of the match, you've got and there's a decent roster of fighters that can come up against one another. Um just at the beginning of the match, you've always got this kick-ass lead-in. It's just super well animated. And then when super moves go off or there's like a you know a, an exceptionally good hit or whatever, it'll cut to like an isometric. Oh, sorry, how should I put it? Um, the, the camera will pan around this this you know animated cell shaded game, and it just looks like you're watching actually the anime. It's pretty wild. You know, this is the part where I think it gets weird. You know, with Dragon Ball. And Street Fighter, no problem. You know it, that that I don't think is an issue. But like, what is it like when NBA 2K esports come on? Because that's LeBron James, but that's not LeBron James. Do you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like that kind of gets a weird, blurry line when it cuts from the once Cavaliers uh, frontman. Uh, I believe he's now been traded to someone else. Dan, Florida. no one is sports. Florida. Florida. I think. Um, I think you know no when, when, LA like <laughs> it's how LA. Do you, it is LA it is LA <laughs> it's totally they're LA. changing their oh it's turning into a sports podcast they, they're changing their uniforms to suit LeBron James they're I would wouldn't you freaking LeBron James man I mean at some point you got to say we're the Lakers and figure it out but anyway let's not go there let's not go there it's too deep it's too, but like how do you draw the line when a digital LeBron James comes LeBron James comes right off of flesh meat sack LeBron James. How do you draw a distinction? Well, I mean, like, what happens if, like, ratings for digital LeBron James, uh, you know, piloted by a 17-year-old Korean, Korean. guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, just some exceptionally talented video gamer, um, you know, it outsells. Hey, is a, is a racist compliment okay? Like, the fact that Koreans are very good in the esports world? Yeah, I mean, like, can we just... just that's just a fact. That's just a, that's fact. a fact. There's lots of very talented Korean video yeah, game that, players. One of the... They started. They started. But, yeah, like... Does that help his stock? Does it hurt it? Do they have to call him E. LeBron James? Like, <laughs> Lee Bron James. Lee Bron James. Lee Bron James. Oh no. No, thank you. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's an interesting question. It's a genuinely interesting question. Um, only Espe time will tell. Especially as graphics get better and better, like, and you start to see the pores <laughs> on LeBron's face. Like, do you start to hear about E. LeBron James's like wild after game life? Like that, it gets fa factored in this. Like LeBron James party a little bit too hard after the game last night. He's got negative ten in shooting. <laughs> His personal life. He's, you know what? It's an interesting question. It's right. an interesting question because you know, let's take it to like MLB the Show, right? Let's say you've got some historical players like a Babe Ruth or something like that. A little Joe DiMaggio. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And you got these, you got these all-star teams of like uh, long since retired or, or you know passed away players. God bless. And um, you know what happens when that starts being a regular occurrence in esports, watching on television. You know, you're the all-time greats versus you know whatever kind of muck the Blue Jays are in tonight. Well, I they, think I'm watching maybe the uh, maybe I'm watching the show. Sometimes somehow they got Fred Astaire to dance with a vacuum like. You know, on TV, like it's. I, I know are you for dating, a fact. Are you dating my grandmother? Because I don't know what you're talking about. Oh Jesus Christ! So I mean, I know for a fact that Joe DiMaggio didn't have a digital representation clause in his contract, right? So how do they figure this out? Like it, maybe they contact the estates, but it'll be interesting to see how they they, thre sure. they thread this needle. I want to hear about E. LeBron James's charity donations. Like he's he's donated some sizable. E dollars to like wayward sim families that have been walled in and set on fire. 
<laughs> think of the think of the starving gimp in the basement making fantastic art. The Make a Wish Foundation, you know. <laughs> hey, for, listen, man, fist bump for LeBron James for being a real sweet the, dude. The Just like, let's, let's take a moment of, moment of seriousness. Okay, fist okay. bump for Le- LeBron James. Yeah, this is real charity for his real good charity. Oh, real dude. Um, he just chartered a elementary school, I believe, or was it a high school for um, you know disenfranchised youth, and is bankrolling the whole thing himself. Like on a scholarship basis, like real talk. Wow, man, real talk. And then, and then, a president of a country. No, who no, won't say no. his name. Just immediately, just immediately trashed him for it. And I'm like, hey, man, pick your battles. Don't, don't take Come swings. On. Don't take swings at the, 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 the educated sessions of poking the tummy. Just, just, just give just, him. Go give him a hug. Go, go, whatever. Go hug somebody. Sure. <laughs> that thing, that thing. Um, but yeah, man. So esports was. Listen, it was my first in-person experience with esports. Right. I don't tend to watch a lot of the broadcasted, um, you know, streams online when it comes to important gaming events. It's just not something that I've ever really made time for. Um, but I could tell you with with one hundred percent certainty when I'm in Las Vegas next, there's no question I will be at the esports uh, bar. Like I just will one hundred percent be there watching. Whatever, whether they're all all time all stars or like you know Saturday's best pick of uh, you know video gaming teenagers, that shit is fun to watch on a big screen with a beer. This brings up something fascinating. Now that nothing is nerdy anymore, and I mean that to say that now that nerdy is cool and nothing's lame anymore, like what does that look like now? Dungeons and Dragons is still kind of lame. No, I mean Terry Crews plays Dungeon and Dragons. They, oh, they did it Terry on does that Terry shit. Terry Crews. Terry, my man. So okay, so we're okay so, like, then. Now I, that think, every, I think now, you and I are actually cool, man. Nothing. No pastime is lame anymore. <laughs> like it's kind of it's kind of weird. My man, like, Terry Crews. What can you Listen, do now? Terry, that, that I know you're, you're a loyal listener of the show. That's right. You want to friend roll, of the show, friend Terry of the show, Cruz. Terry Crews. You want to roll some dice, my man? Roll them bones. You wanna you wanna take up a pencil for the uh, pursuit of the greater good. Yeah. Go ahead and hit your boys Andy and Dan. You know that Terry Crews plays that gnome illusionist. Excuse me. Terry Crews. He plays that gnome illusionist. Oh yeah, man. He for sure. He's a, he's an illusionist one hundred percent. You know. And then John. He's dropping some serious wisdom in the middle of your session. He's getting right in. That's right. And John Lovitz is playing a a half orc barbarian. <laughs> Uh, I hope this audio doesn't suck because we're in person. Well, I'm sure it's good. We've, we've tilted our mics. I think that makes us audio engineers. I don't know. The last time we recorded in person was literally the beginning of this year. I think the last the last recording we did in person was in January. Let's check with Tom. Tom, how are my levels? Uh, why is he beaker? <laughs> Tom was hit by a small Studebaker when he was a child. Not a big Studebaker. No, no. A tiny one. Small. Really little. Yeah. Tom. Tom. Tom, friend of the show. Friend of, friend of, Terry play, Cruz. Hit us play, up. The, play the show, Tom. Oh, shit. I got, dude, listen. I had a PSP back in university, and I loved the shit out of that thing. PSP has got to be my favorite handheld to date. It's not because it has the best games, though it does have good games, but it just it, it has a special place in my heart. A lot of people have that reserved for the Game Boy. They have fond, fuzzy memories. I got those too, make no mistake. The PSP was the first handheld that really rocked my world, that really showed me that you could have a game, or sorry, a handheld system with 3D games, with puzzle games, and all of them could feel like they belonged on a bigger system. You didn't feel gimped. You didn't no. feel like you were playing like no. a, a hamstringed by this is a handheld game it is like what do i have available available to me i got tetris yep do you know what i mean it felt like 
there was there was a bridging between yeah. those games. Well, I mean, in Metal Gear, um, uh, damn it, why am I Metal Gear Acid? No, I don't buddy, 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 Peace Walker. Oh, Peace Walker! Peace it was Walker. the first one to to actually include the base building mechanic they have in the new one, right? Funky Walker, Peaceful Talker, Texas Ranger. I mean, go ahead. Is that a Chuck Norris thing? It was kind of like a weird uh, MGS type Chuck Norris. Yeah, good crossover. Old lady, old lady and her walker. Ah, te- Texas Ranger. Boom. Ah, Guadalooch. Guadalooch. All right. Um, yeah, but no, so PSP was uh, was a big one for me. And um, unfortunately, uh, during a trip up to the cottage, because I brought that thing literally everywhere, mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. dropped my grade point average of full point because it was Ooh. with me all the time. Yeah, melted um, the brain. Yep, just did not pay attention bad, bad to parenting. critical thinking. That class went out the window. I'll scold your mother a little extra later. Yeah. Uh, what was the other class that I totally tanked because of PSP? Geography. Uh, no, yeah, that's You <laughs> rope. You rope. Yeah. Dan, you were like ready to put me on blast about Europe being a continent. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm just like, what's going I'm just keeping you on your toes, friend. Yeah, I, I like it. Keep me with those sharp ones. Writing and is a cultural act. Oh. I just do writing now. There's no cultural act elements because I failed that thing. Writing as a cultural act? Yeah, it was like an analysis of writing and as it relates to the cultures you, of, uh, of our times. Who taught that one? Sweet Buzz Minsky? Uh, no. What? Buzz Mint? Oh, no, that gentleman was... No. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It uh, does matter. I've asked you a question. This is a university class we're talking about, my friend. So what's who, what professor? Uh, ooh, what was her name? If you she don't know the lady. professor, that's why you failed the class. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, she was a lovely lady and taught with real gusto. Um, real gusto? Yeah, I feel like right now... A little bit now, of chutzpah. A little chutzpah. I feel like right now she's leading the next, the next, uh, the next generation of, of critical thinkers. Fantastic. Yeah, good for her. Bless Wonderful. you. Um, sorry for that F, though. No, I didn't get an F. I got a C. No, B. Maybe a B. Andy, nobody cares. Fuck. It's just really <laughs> bad podcasting. But back to it's the great. PSP. No, it's good. It's good. It's I, good. Went on a, uh, I went on a cottage trip with my wife sometime in and around that, that area. And uh, boy, it was in the front pocket of the backpack. I was stoked, ready to pull it out. Little uh, little nightcap, slide into bed, get my PSP powered on. Wouldn't you know it, screen shattered. Shattered to pieces, just mm. destroyed, mm. just obliterated. And in that moment, I thought to myself, oh, no problem, I'll just get the screen fixed. Now, do you right. know how often you get the screen fixed on a broken peripheral, Dan? It's one of these things that like today, literally today I got the screen fixed on my iPhone 6. Sure. And I, it was done by a street corner shoe shine guy. He yes. was like, he's like, Sean, your shoes for a nickel. I'm like, how about my screen? He's like, oh, it's done. And he just did it up. But, you know, reverse Everyone's time. Everyone's going to make a buck, dude. Yeah, reverse time to your PSP crack days. I also could have sold you a gram, straight up. That's right, of anything. <laughs> of deuterium. Like it's, deuterium. But, like, you showed you showed your broken PSP screen to 100 people, and they just looked at you like, nah. You should, like, maybe buy a new PSP. Yeah. And that was off the table for me on that student budget. So it was, um, you know, Luminez. I was uh, getting close to cracking. I think it was stage 24. That's the end the end one. And, you know, Luminez got put on hold for a long time. Cause stage 24 uh, is right before your family holds an intervention. That's what stage 24 stage is. 24. <laughs> the 24 stages of uh, Luminez uh, guilt and abandonment. Um, so, long story short, I'm downtown at my hometown. <laughs> Get at me with that mm, lowdown. When anybody says long to a story short, you know you already fucked and you're you gotta, already you gotta bounce out of that conversation. You gotta, you gotta check the watch that you're not wearing. Eject. Eject. Yeah, there, so there's a street festival going on and the local pawn shop actually was having a uh, was having a 50% off sale on literally everything video game related, which is just about the best thing ever. Yeah. I got Metal Gear Solid Boom. for 15 bucks. Sol- Feeling solid. good about that one. Yeah. I picked up um, 
um, oh, what was the other one? A dying, uh, sorry, I got Dying Light for like ten bucks. Yeah. I got Uncharted for like the whole collection for like ten bucks. Beautiful. Feeling real good about all those purchases. Yeah. I think I picked up Fallout Four for like ten bucks. I. It's Wicked. like the seventeenth time I've bought that game. Yeah. I think we can both agree that that's the game you buy for every console get next to Skyrim. Yeah. Get it for all of them. Yeah. Um, but dude, they had a pristine blue PSP sitting there for forty dollars. Hmm. Fifty percent off, forty bucks, and I just had to say yes. That's a hot buy. That's a hot buy, man. Now, that's Andy, a hot buy. you gonna you gonna hack that? I don't hack. I'm not a hacker. So I'm Andy, an honest man. Andy, so you to swear on the sweet life <laughs> of your mother that. You're not going to hack no. that PSP? <laughs> I do not I'm believe buying, you. I'm buying those UMDs, baby. You're going to see some of those on the gram. So just you you hold up. So let me ask you a question. Yeah, go Let's ahead. Let's pretend that every UMD available has been destroyed, consumed in the in the blast. Oh, of, I'm going to hack that of, shit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, for sure. Check me out. Okay, 100%. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, so I'm really excited about my blue PSP. Uh, there's not much else to say about it other than that. What color is it? Blue. Nice. It's blue. And I believe and it came what from system? the... Uh, it's a PSP. Fantastic. Yeah, there you go. I believe it came from the um, Madden pack. Uh, like this, Sorry, com- what so, are they angry about? No, like like football. Madden football. Mm, soccer. Yeah. Madden football. Fo- angry fucking soccer. Fucking Dan, shut... Just fucking shut up. Um, <laughs> Madden football. Uh, but surprisingly, there's no like reference to football or the end. Like, I remember my old PSP was a was a Star Wars one. It had Darth Vader right on the back. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Where's my football, man? Where's Where's my overweight John Madden saying obvious things about players but being delightful? You but, want- but here's a guy that sees better when he's got his glasses on. <laughs> John Madden near the end just sounded like he was melting at all times. Yes. Well, I just want the power button right in his left jowl. That's what I want. I mm. want to be able to slide my finger. Just got wow. weird. Wow. Got weird. You turn into a dentist there a little bit. <laughs> There's a little... Thank yeah. you. Now, at what point? At what point? As a dental professional, you say, I don't care if my hand touches something slimy. Like, at the, the the lack of hesitance that my dentist just throws his hand into my mouth. Let me let me tell you why, man. Why? Your dentist is high all the all, time. All the time. He's always high. What, what, what on that nit- nitrous? No, dog. On that nice green. That's how you fucking do. Listen, mm. if I was a dentist, I got to get in there. I got to focus. I got to like, you know. There's some great things about okay. the 80s. But the worst thing about it is in the 80s, if you're a dentist... You just had to be an alcoholic. The yeah. beautiful thing about the, this day and age is just just pinch a little bit of the old Mary Jane on there. A little bit of that smooth reefer, man. Do you Get feel good that. if your dentist has just taken the edge off a little bit with just a little bit of... I feel like we Mary. now need to put out a little disclaimer to all of our listeners in dental college. Don't uh, don't operate high, guys. I, do whatever you're legally Blame. bound to do. <laughs> whatever. Don't take any advice from the purple dungeon yeah. squid. Yeah. I mean, me personally, I'm okay if you've had a little touch. I mean, as long as long as you still feel you're good, I feel you're good. But uh, obviously, do whatever your professional association recommends nice, you by nice law. A sativa, though, because I don't want you nodding off with that drill in your hand. See, I was thinking the other way. I don't want you getting over ambitious with that drill. Nice right. and slow, steady Lindo, hands. Little Indo in there. All right. Nice coner. Nice. Segway us out of here, Andy. Yes, sir. What did you get up to this week, Danny? Uh, uh, I didn't get litigated by the Dental Association. <laughs> Dental Association of America. What up? Oh, buddy. I um, I was nursing my sweet, sweet lady back to health, which oh. um, gave me a lot of time in the No Man's Sky that we'll get to a little bit 
um, down yeah, podcast. Yeah, you pretty much just spent your whole... So you were on vacation yep. uh, for like two weeks. A stern 15 days. 15 yeah. days. That's more vacation than any man should ever take. No. No, that's at, a judgment. I'm at sorry. a certain time, like my subconscious was like, uh, hey, my dude, do you have a job? I was like, the checks are still coming in. My brain's like, but you haven't showed up to work in a while. Are you sure you still have a job? <laughs> I know that feeling. Uh, it's uh, one ridden with anxiety and nerves. Uh, but, but. And. And. Yes. You spent a lot of time in space. I did some space and time. And that's almost like a job. It is like, it, buddy, it felt a little bit like a job. I was clocking in at 9 a.m. to like, go uh, into the space mines. Gotta we'll, go down and get some fucking deuterium. And we'll get we'll get to that in a moment because we're going to segue into the review. We're going to talk a little bit of No Man's Sky next. And and you'll hear my, my, my mixed hot and cold feelings about it. But, you know, I also got... Uh, to the driving range oh. a little bit, smashed some balls. Did some driving. Did some driving into the range. The police were called. They said, not again, sir. Ah. And then uh, I went to uh, the Royal Ontario Museum and uh, purviewed some avant-garde fashion. Tell me there was a joint involved. Perhaps, Good. yeah. Good I man. mean, I mean, I'm not sure what they allow on pre- premises, but yeah, it was, uh, uh, her name is... Uh, Buddy, if I forget her name, I feel bad. I think it's Iris Van Herpen. And she explores You could could maybe be permitted to forget that one. She explores the biomechanic interlacement of physical complexness while uh, understanding the fleetingness of our privacy inside our own bodies. She asks the question, do you truly still own your own privacy? Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) Definitively. No, to be honest with you, like I I joke, um, she's got that great Dutch sort of avant-garde feel to all her stuff, but it was pretty gnarly. There was, like, dresses made of mirrors and that uh, mimicked magnetic fields. Oh, man. That uh, sounds like a wondrous thing to experience uh, uh, with a little ganj. It was it was pretty wild and out there. And, uh, you know, we... <laughs> I also somehow uh, cajoled my sweet, sweet lady into checking out the live spider exhibit. Oh. And it's in the basement of the ROM... And you go down there, and they start you off slow with some sort of digital representations of spiders and the families, the different genuses, and how they all they all break down. Turns out, uh, tarantulas are some of the oldest uh, genus of spiders. They existed before dinosaurs. Damn. And the spider, uh, the tarantula, is the least likely to bite you because when threatened. Their first defense mechanism isn't to bite. That's only for prey. They sh- the, the thick, sort of spindly hairs all over their body, they shoot them. Oh. They can fire them at something that's attacking them while they skitter away. That's some nightmare sauce. It is pretty. And here's the wild thing. I'm looking at pictures of spiders. Pictures at this point. And as we're looking at them and reading about them, I like feel a little something on my arm or my shoulder. I'm like, brush that shit off. There's nothing there. But you're like, you're, my ape brain is telling me I'm seeing spiders. There's spiders on Oh, here. yeah, 100%. You know what I think of whenever I think see tarantulas? What's that? Buzz's girlfriend? Woof. <laughs> <laughs> you know where I'm coming from. Look what you did, you little jerk. Look what you did, you little jerk. A little aside, Macaulay Culkin was on the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, yeah. A great podcast. Check it out. It's really good. But, but back, back yeah. to, oh, you want to say something? Well, about Joe Rogan, show, friend of the show. Friend of the show. <laughs> uh, Hit me up, Joe. It's been a while. Yeah, Joe. Forever. It's it been literally forever. It's literally been forever. forever. Not returning my calls. No. A little bit upset about See, it. See, I called you, but not on a phone, because I don't have your phone number. 
But it was a Skype Skype number I found online. That's right. Joe Rogan. That's right. Plus three five six nine two eight nine seven five four. It can't lose. Those are my lottery. Those numbers. are the lottery numbers. So anyway, I'm standing there with my sweet sweet lady, and there's pictures of these spiders, and they're textured, like so they have all the the sort of uh, uh, ridges and vortices of, of a spider, and I'm like, touch that, and she's like, I'm not gonna touch it. I'm like, no, no, touch it. And it's crazy how much your brain even tells you not to reach out and touch this picture of a spider. Maybe it's because we're a little bit high. Who knows? But as you go through the exhibit, they start to drop some live spiders. They're inter- it, like in these exhibits. There's live spiders. You see them in their, their environment. We actually saw this web, this net-throwing spider get fed a, a little uh, bug and the bug sort of walks up this stick and it's holding this net between four of its legs while it's holding the branch with the other, let's do some math, two legs, there you eight go. legs, four legs, so four and four. And she's got it on slow-mo video. It just whipped this net and grabbed this little cricket brother in like a split second. Damn. Just gnarly. Uh, spider simulator for the Switch. You playing that one? Is that a thing? Uh, no, I wish it was, though. Goat Simulator actually made money. Did it? Yeah, it actually made... But that made... game looked, like, whimsical, though. That was like, a, that was like a fun little kind of puzzly game, I think. That's a game that hit that sweet spot of irony. Right. That I have to imagine, you know, Goat Simulator hit it. You know, am I really just playing a game where I'm a goat? And I think Train Simulator has two groups of people that are playing it. The guys that, like, otherwise would have or do have... A train set in their basement, and they're like, "I can drive the UA thirty one twelve across America." Let's Hell get yeah, this. you can. And the guys that also have Goat Simulator queued up that ironically want to drive a train across <laughs> the U.S. Listen, man, I got to say something about the, all the simulator games. Um, as the world has gotten more and more, uh, sorry, as the world of technology has gotten more and more advanced, my interest in playing flight simulator or train simulator or hell farm simulator has steadily increased now i've not touched one of those games since windows 95 right my dad brought me home flight simulator he was pumped to get that thing going unfortunately he didn't have the foresight to also pick up a, a joystick mm. and you know, wasd yeah wasd <laughs> trackball mouse <laughs> not, not so good for flying mm. aircraft uh, couldn't get off the runway. I was a young man. It's all good. Um, but today, Train Simulator sounds pretty cool. Sounds pretty lit. Like, I mean, listen, if there's ever been a game for sparking up a joint and having a play, right it's, in the dri- rails. It's, it's riding the rails. I, in I, like full in full panoramic uh, experience, right? You, you need like eight monitors. You need to be looking to the left. You see a cow pasture. You look to the right. There's a lake straight ahead. Nothing but track. You know, I like that idea. You're like pushing through the Swiss Alps and it's like, you know, get get your train up to 60 kph. Uh, but then I want a little notification in the top corner, like a hobo has boarded. And you have to like go through six cars to go shoo him off. Shoo <laughs> him that sounds like a lot of micromanagement. I need some hopefully, meta. Hopefully EA doesn't make this game. It's, that's the hobo DLC. <laughs> well, what this is one of the bizarre things is uh, this train simulator is has one of these things where some of the DLCs are several hundred dollars. What? That's yeah. not that's not factual. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm going to have right, to You get us a fact check let on me, that. I'm going to Google sorry for the click clacking train. No, that's okay. You get in there. Simulator. I wanted to tell you about a little unique problem I've had though. So I brought home a dab rig yesterday. It's my first dab. So I'm not a dab guy. 
Let me just put that out there. I'm not really an extract guy. I'm a flower guy. That's always been my thing. Got a little dab rig. Um, and, you know, if you've ever had a, a, you know, a dab rig, you know that you also need the requisite torch to light up your banger, right? Yeah, you got to get serious. You got to get your torch in there. You, and so, you know, I, I'm excited. I brought it home, got my kit, got it kind of set up. And I'm not, I'm not dabbing that night, but whatever. And then I, I realize I've got this big freaking Newport torch filled with butane. Mm-hmm. Where the hell do you put that in your house? How big is this guy? It's is it a the freaking kind of, big is torch. It, is it the kind that you toast the top of a creme brulee? No, dude. It's bigger than... Like, the Newport torches, they, they're like... Call call it, like, two to three times the size of that. It's a big torch. It's got, like, a maybe, like, a six-inch nozzle kind of thing. And when you when you hit that blowtorch, it comes out, like, nine inches. Right. So, it is, uh, it is a serious apparatus. And, you know, I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I can't put it in, like anywhere in my house because i've got kids i'm Your not children do yeah, they have the 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 hand strength to activate no, dude, this it do, sure they do there's a button on the back oh is it like easy press fire death yeah dude it's like you press a button and it freaking explodes uh, andy do you want the childproof version no 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 where's that instant death well it says childproof on all the packaging but there's it just there's no child i can't find a button there's, there's only one way to test this out you gotta hand this to no, your no, most no, your most able child no 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 and i mean sh- sure <laughs> screw your wife out of the room no no say honey can you make this go boom boom and no, just see sh- what happens Andy, due diligence, a real father, (laughs) they're getting a blowtorch. So long story short, I I tried to put it in the cabinet above the fridge. And I was like, you know what? No, can't put it there. I tried to put it in like the highest shelf in my office. Nope, couldn't put it there. I brought it into the basement and I was like, you know what? I can't put it down here because I'm going to be afraid that like, I don't know, my house is going to explode. Crazy, I know, but Neurosis, Neurosis. you have it? Just, You know where it goes? It goes in your fucking garage. I, totally. So now it is, it, a, it is in a locked toolbox in my garage. All locked, a aside, locked. aside your Luger I, yeah. and your cyanide pills. <laughs> in case you're caught or captured. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You know what the move is? You have to unscrew a vent in your house and then drop it in there. Oh, wait, your house wasn't made this century. There's not a vent inside. I don't know if putting a like a filled butane torch in the... In the HVAC system of your house is the move. It sounds like the perfect move yeah, yeah, just because it's cooled by gentle gesticulating until, air. Until the winter. Until, until your child, oh, until oh the winter. you found the one clinch yeah, in my plan. There you go. That's the issue. That's oh, the one. It's like mid-January, cold snap, all of a sudden, boom, house goes up in flames. No, thank you. <laughs> boom. Oh, honey, was that you? Oh, yes. Excuse me. Boom. <laughs> boom, indeed. Excuse me, honey. I have to go check downstairs. Uh, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I'm... I don't have any extract at home i'm not i'm just not a dab guy i don't know what it is like i've got the dab rig i probably never use it the torch will probably get donated a close friend gave me uh some dabables to to talk about on the on the podcast and i just i don't have the equipment to bring that to bear because it requires like a, a set of inventory that is totally dissimilar to the inventory i have now i guess i could adapt one of my current uh, bongnalias into oh, yeah. a dabable rig. Yeah, yeah, we can get you, you know, a quartz banger or something like that. In fact, you know what I've got is called a thermal banger. So one of the challenges with um, with dabbing is that if you heat that banger, so it's like a little bucket for those of you that are uninitiated. Um, if you heat it up too hot, you get a scorching hot dab, which a lot of like 
cool people on Instagram love to hit that scorching hot dab, but man, it is really gnarly. Tastes awful, horrible for your Sounds lungs. Sounds like flipping a steak it's more bad. than twice. Yeah, dude, it's just, just what are you doing? No, thank you. Um, so a thermal banger is nice because it's actually double walled quartz, and so when you're heating it up with the torch, it heats up slower and it cools down slower. So mm. you have a much larger window Gentle for dropping. Gradient. Yeah, buddy, that's what you're talking about. Um, so it's actually a really pleasant experience when you get that right. There's just something about wielding a blowtorch that just doesn't. It doesn't fit into my model of enjoying marijuana. You know, I want I want a little little lighter, a hemp wick, you know. Um, get a little, get that in the bong or, you know, get a little token in the pipe or light a joint, whatever. It, that feels like weed to me. Blow torches don't, you know? Yeah. You, Just a personal I mean, thing. We have some close friends um, in the online space that smash out the kind of dabs that you should have to have an additional license for. Right. Like they go in so hard and like that's just not and like god bless them you're literally just more hardcore than me that's not what i get nah. in the game for like I, i'm trying to gently go in i'm trying to create a space of pink love around me to yes. sort of i i want the bubble bath version of, it, of, of getting blazed you i want to I, mean? I want to slip into a warm bath i want a little uh light jazz yeah going on i'm trying to augment an experience i'm going to stargaze well, in like a little kush, like a little bit of sour OG, what I'm not looking to do is get into the an F1 McLaren and <laughs> blast it down the Autobahn of dabbing until my eyes scream into the back of my head. And you know what? That sounds dope for someone else. For someone else. I don't want to experience that either, pal. It's like driving off a cliff without using the brakes. Just straight yeah, off. Now, and I get you're going to blow off the canopy in your tuxedo and smash open your parachute that says like blaze 420 and like you're listening to the podcast right now you know who you are if you're that guy i'm glad you exist thank you i'm gonna watch you through binoculars yeah, <laughs> yeah so i mean if, i will say there's a there's a time and place for me for extracts wax and that's in a vaporizer. For me, I wanted right. a vaporizer. Um, it's a nice, really. Uh, how can I put it? It's just it's an elevated high. It does. It, it tends to be a little bit more clear headed for me. Like I'm a little bit more of a nice light body buzz if I just get a little puff of a vaped yeah. extract. Um, but in a dab format, very different ball game. You know, vapes. While you can go deep, too deep, and we all have. Generally, they gently take you by the hand. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I feel that way. At least that's been my experience. Like I've I've heard of plenty of folks who've gotten rocked way hard on a vape but for me it's always like my da vinci uh always takes me gently off into you know the sunset if you're vaping as hard as you can because you're trying to get that throat feel you're like oh, i'm not feeling it yet i haven't felt that big plume of smoke hit me you're into your 15th deep vape pull yes you're about to hit the waves my dude but <laughs> generally speaking you know i love it and because we can we can take it super low key we can we can get quiet in like the movie theater because, you know, if you're smashing out a, a dab rig during Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, somebody's going to alert the man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got a wizard hair. <laughs> oh, sorry. Is this blowtorch too loud? Just one second. I'm going to drop the dab in. <laughs> yeah. We're just, we're practicing a little wizardry in yeah, row five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, dude, we're going to, wow, we're going to really have to move along here because a uh, little, little talking going on. Punch it, um, Chewy. You know, now for our sponsors. Dan, our sponsors who have been with us since day one, I want to take my hat off and salute Whedon Video Games. Whedon Video Games, thank you. Thank you for being you. Appreciate you. Uh, also brought to you by this episode, number 20, 27? 27. The 27th episode. The 27th episode is brought to you by... 
conversing with your partner before making coffee. Conversing with your partner before making coffee. The best way to increase your divorce rate by 88%, only trumped by coming home covered in far too much glitter. Linda, what's that? I should die in a fire? Maybe you'd like a cup of joe. <laughs> uh, how many times have you come home with too much glitter, Dan? Never, buddy. That's, oh, a, that's, good a, man. that's a rookie move. Fist bump. When you go to the arch store, you always make sure that you're careful with the glitter <laughs> because <laughs> you don't want to be accused of being careless with art supplies. I mean, that's craftiness that should happen in the home. Am I right? <laughs> you're absolutely right, my <laughs> friend. Uh, if you want to actually sponsor the show or buy Dan a dance, feel free to email us at purpledungeonsquid at gmail.com. Until then, you'll have to put up with all of this glitter. This glitter is coming at you, weaponized. Whew. Weaponized glitter is an excellent handle. I yeah. feel like that's my next like counter-strike handle. It sounds like it would be the trucker handle that gets you thrown out of the trucker's guild. Uh, yeah. Breaker 1-9, come back. Was that weaponized glitter? <laughs> Uh, we're going to have to exile you to Tucson, Arizona once again. Do you know how a uh, trucker lets you know that there's a cop uh, uh, hitting you with that radar? Uh, they say nope. there's a bear taking pictures in the woods. Oh, I like that. A little bit of slang. For or it. there's a bear taking pictures in the woods. Uh, never that. <laughs> I'm not in my experience. <laughs> you know, it, once in your life, maybe... Hitch a ride with a, a long-distance trucker. I guarantee you it'll be a good time. This, this brings up more questions than it answers. And I uh, I feel like it's okay. Let's just let's move on. Yeah, so let's Dan, leave that as a big question mark. It's right to do so. <laughs> yes, sir. So, Dan, um, let, let me get through my thing here real quick. Because I want to tell you a little bit about... Andy, about, talk first yeah, for the first time. I think that's first, right. For, for sure. <laughs> for the first time ever. For the first time ever. Uh I have spent some time playing some video games this past week, yeah. and I wanted to talk to you mostly about Champions of Norath, mm. but I ended up playing Death Road to Canada way more than I expected to. DRTC? <laughs> DRTC, man. I was, on a, I was on a plane for about five hours, and I had brought my laptop with the intention of getting some, some extremely important work done. Do you know what a Death Road to Canada is? Every road. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I forgot my charger. So that thing went down and I found myself with only my phone, 65% battery. Back thought to myself, what's going to happen here for five hours? Oh. Turns out Death Road to Canada will get you exactly five hours of playtime on 65%. That's it, buddy. It is an excellent game. So for the uninitiated, because I yeah. think we talked about it a bit before. We did. We touched on it. Yeah. It is an extremely addictive iOS game that's like somewhere between narrative uh, fiction. Choose, choose your own adventure. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. And like a, a mindless kind of run around the map and smash zombies. By game. mindless, do you mean just tense every second sort of like white knuckled running through zombie scape absolutely yeah, and uh, with a lot of unfortunate deaths oh, buddy, which makes things really deaths. fun oh so much so much death but you know what's what's cool about it so i'm sitting there dissecting why do i love death road to canada cuz i i just don't ever get hooked by ios games right and you know i think i think i've narrowed it down to one word which is flow right wow there's i'm dinging 
look at that, um, which is flow. You know, and it's it's not certainly not an original word, but I'm sitting there going, okay, Death Road to Canada has this really satisfying loop where like a narrative thing happens, you make a decision, you go to a place, and then you spend probably the next three to five minutes um, running around these adorably animated little 8-bit sprites through hordes of zombies trying to collect supplies and weapons. It's pretty simplistic. Mm. And that gameplay loop repeats itself again and again and again. And there are two things that are really fun about it. The storyline, very simplistic generally speaking, because it's all randomized events that happen. They're all very tongue-in-cheek. But also the experience... Oh, hello. Also the experience of, of running around and evading or killing zombies in the pursuit of, of items, it all feels mindless mindless in the way that it requires good reflexes right momentary tactical planning yeah but also i don't need to dial in too hard focus too hard on the crunchy little details right to get into the meat of it mm. and this to me it's like it almost hits that same itch as a puzzle game mm. you know mm-hmm. when you're in ios when you're playing a phone game mm-hmm. it's so much easier to jump into a game where all you got to do is jump into flow. You don't have to pay attention to, um, you know, stats. Right. Like RPG style stuff. Right. You don't have to pay attention to complicated controls. There's no economy. Right. There's no, no there's, there's no in-game economy. For sure. Because that kind of stuff stops me from wanting to hit that app button. Yeah. Right. Even there's another game. Uh, what's it called? Uh, real quick. Um, da, 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 it's on my phone here. Uh, Crashlands. That game, very well reviewed. It's it's like almost a little bit of a sandboxy construction game in the vein of a 2D Minecraft kind of thing. Even that, not enough flow to get me roped in. Mm. But Death Road to Canada, every time I open up that app, I know it's going to take me under 10 seconds to get into the action. Mm. When I die, it's going to take me an additional 10 seconds to get back into the action. Right. And the gameplay loop is so satisfying uh, between the horrific deaths that you're absolutely certainly going to suffer and the victory of evading zombies for yet one more screen uh, to get back into your car and peel out of there. Just an incredible game. What's your experience with it? I think that, you know, everything you say is very true. I like that the game is really only about the only factors that matter are, are pretty broad strokes. What kind of car do you have? Mm -hmm. What kind of weapon do you have or weapons do you have? Who's in your party and where are you going? Right. You know what I mean? So, uh, I if you just take those elements and sort of play with them, am I trying to get a better car and, you know, who's in my party? And when you try to shore up those gaps, it's a fun way to play for me. And I like to raise the stakes. I think I mentioned this last time. I name... I'm, you can make custom characters. And what I've done is sprinkled through the game a bunch of friends and family. There you go. And given them what I feel to be their prototypical... Um, a stereotype. So as uh, my my big brother, he's the car nut. That's one of the t- the perks. He's a car guy. So, so if you get if you get my brother, you also get the hot rod. Right. Which is true to form. Uh, my younger sister, um, she's coming through with friend of dog perk, which means right. She's always going to be able to come across a dog. It's always going to be friendly. Um, you know, my my younger brother's got a bunch of uh, braininess to him, so that's going to come to bear. And, you know, and I got my sweet sweet lady in there. She's got some nursing skills, and you know, she's gonna she's gonna make everything right. So it, what's great is you'll come across your friends and family in the world, and then. You, uh, when they die horribly, you, you really there's now some loss to it, right? Sure. Now I've made myself a kung fu expert as well, of course. which is obviously true to form. As one does, form, as one does, as one does. Um, you know, and it is a great game, and I I love that. Spoilers at the end. Who meets you at the pearly gates of Canada, Andy? Have you completed the game? Uh, I've not. Scrub. Um, at the <laughs> at the pearly <laughs> gates of Canada, it's uh, Justin Trudeau. 
Oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> and a super mechanized robotic Mountie. I love that. I really wish you hadn't spoiled that for everybody. No, Before I'm just kidding. That's great. That's awesome. Sky, that's an awesome spoiler. Yeah, yeah. You, it's you, an, know, it's you know how you get to the World Series? Meet the Prime Minister. You look at that fucking cup and you say, you let's get go in there. get it. You get ready you get to go. Cu- do you get a cup at the end of the World Series? Uh, it's the Commissioner's Trophy. What a lame... What a lame Just name for a trophy. Fuck right off. The How about commi- you? Who's the commissioner? Why don't you go hate on America elsewhere? Baseball is not exclusively owned by America. It's the American pastime, oh, my friend. Oh, well, checkmate in two moves. You got me. <laughs> you got me. So, yeah, Death Road to Canada for me, um, again, coming back as my number one play of this week. Also got quite a bit of Champions of Norath in. So, uh, you know, we talked about it a bit last week because I picked it up recently. Managed to rope my wife into playing that thing with me. Yeah. It's... it's Awesome. You know it's, what else you what roped your wife into doing? Playing a little game called Life with You. I don't know how that happened. Uh, anyway, continue. Dude, beyond me. Beyond me, let me tell <laughs> She's you. She's a special lady. All right, She's a ahead. special, special lady. That's right. Um, oh, now you've got me. You know what Champions of Norath means to me? It means Andy isn't jumping into No Man's Sky for me. I'm such a sad person. I, in my base, squirreled away in a supply closet, there's like upgrades for your ship and for oh, your scanner and stuff. Oh, buddy. I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like low on inventory. I'm like, he, He'll come. He's he said he'd come. He'll come. He'll be here. He never came. He never. I'll be there still. I still really. No, you really, hurt me. I've deleted. I've deleted, deleted them. The game. They're the gone. Game's, oh, okay. I broke them down for parts and there then you go. built them into a tombstone yeah, you did. with their you name did. on. You texted me like three times. We talked Once. separately on the phone. You're like, Once. yeah, yeah. So like, I know you're going to have dinner with your wife right now, but, but like, hop why don't you just hop into No Man's Sky right now and I'll just give you some money. Well, Dan, my food's ready. I'm like, no, it's fine. I'll just. I'll, I'll be, just. Yeah, it's okay. I'll just be for two weeks. You did that thing for two weeks. Um, but yeah, so we played some Champions of Norath. It was a wonderful time. So it brought up for a, a couple things for me. First and foremost, you know I'm a lover of couch co-op. Solidified in my mind, couch co-op is the greatest way to play video games of all time. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I don't mm-hmm. think there's a better way. The world of online play has uh, fudged something a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's... Disconnected us. It's just, it's a little... As a people. Yeah. I mean, I always thought it was going to be so much better when I was playing video games not on the same TV. It's like, we're all going to play video games and we're not going to have to share a screen. And that just makes you lose something special. Yeah, if you're going to hurl insults uh, on the couch, you got to be ready to defend them. You know, it's not this online business where you just say whatever you want. You know, the man on the other end can't reach out and choke you. You get that real fear that Gary might come over here and punch you right in the neck come on over and grab your joystick and give you the old business Mm -hmm. um but yeah you know so a couple things with champions of norath first and foremost uh it brings up that that kind of timeless question for me which is i i really am digging the graphics so this is a Mm. ps2 era top-down isometric action rpg right top not top of the heap uh, no, <laughs> I wouldn't say. Yeah. Uh, the graphics uh, by today's standards, like you, you put that next to Diablo 3, for example, and Diablo 3 came out in 2012, so like, or 2013, so a while ago. Um, damn, dude, the, the graphics are pixelated, they're clunky, they're, you know, whatever. They're reminiscent of EverQuest 1, which is the world that the game's based on. But goddamn, if it hasn't gone from great graphics from the time mm-hmm. to hideous graphics for now, and just edged past into Came that back around back into that charming world back around yeah, yeah. it's not funny it's so funny cuz like now i look at it and you know the sprites that are there it's hilarious the way that you chop with your sword in that game cuz mm-hmm. i'm playing a um i'm playing Barbarian. like a, no i'm playing a dark elf uh a dark elf that has a sword and ma- it's like a spell sword kind of thing like yeah. he's got sword yeah. and magic yeah, right under alert. Yeah. Um, don't have any magic yet so it's mostly sorting sure and my wife is playing the the elven archer yeah she is of course she is god bless uh, god bless her uh, and so 
it's hilarious to watch me chopping with my sword. Three like, animations. Just three frames, yeah. man. That's all yeah. he's got. He's like straight up and down, just moving his sword down. I'm either about to swing, I'm swinging, or I've just swung. Or I've just those, swung. Those are the options. Those are the, those are the, three, the three modes. Um, but dude, like watching this thing happen, it brings me back to a space of RPG playing that feels fucking happy. Yeah. You know, it feels like... Um, even though it's actually a relatively deep game, yeah. like the customization options are there, there's lots of loot to be, yeah. to drop, it's all randomized, yeah. uh, and you can replay the shit out of this right. thing, right? It just feels like it's from a simpler time. It's There's something about an older game that when you dive into it, for some reason it, it doesn't feel like it, you can still be having fun, but it feels like it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because nobody's going to call you on like, hey, what's your what's your DPS and Champions of Norath? You know what it is? It's set to fun, my friend. It's set to, it's set F to fun. for fun and also fuck you. You know what? <laughs> Champions of Norath, uh, it feels like coming home, doesn't it? It does, man. It does. That, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, those games just make me fuzzy fuzzy yeah. inside and yeah. so you know we hacked our way through the requisite amount of goblins right and bandits um one thing one thing <laughs> the conventions of older games are quite humorous at times uh save points you know uh, still somewhat in vogue but like definitely jarring especially we were about to end the game session and i realized we needed to teleport back to town and walk all the way over to the safe spot and that's just a weird thing for me right it's 1995 very close. Um, no, it's like 2004, 2003, 2004, something like that. Um, but the other thing is, is that my wife playing the archer has limited arrows. <laughs> she what do you to, mean I don't have infinite point, arrows? Exactly. At some point, she's like, I'm out of... I'm out of arrows. I guess. I, I think. I guess. I guess. I'm like, okay, babe, we'll just switch to your melee weapon. And she's just absolutely useless with that thing. Sidebar, in World of Warcraft, do the hunters still have limited arrows? No, no, dude. That is unlimited arrows in World of Warcraft. Because that was sure. the thing. I, I was using the Needler throwback in original WoW, vanilla WoW. Way, amazing weapon. But it fires. The fire rate was the highest in the game, so you were just blazing through arrows. Oh yeah! You, you, first, it was like your your bags are officially fucked as a hunter. Yeah. And then it was now you've got to carry around a bag that fucks you, but also gives you enough room to have arrows in it because it's a quiver. And then they just did away with arrows. It's like what they've done in EverQuest. You just need the one arrow. You need one arrow. You just get the arrow. We get this. This arrow represents the idea of arrows. Right. Right. Um. So that was fun. That was funny to watch happen. You know, eventually you just go back and buy all the arrows, right? But it it just it's from a from a different time, I guess we could say. So can you can we not like um, uh, Amazon Express some arrows? Yeah, <laughs> man. So Amazon Prime. I gotta get my Prime on some yeah, arrows. On some arrows. Yeah. So you know, I'm I'm genuinely going to be playing a lot more PS2, uh, and I will I will deign to play it's some new games. Weird game. thing. To I say. know it's, it's such a weird thing. To I say. have stocked up on so many PS2 games, and I'm having. Dude, I'm just having so much fun going back to that time. Yeah, because you're putting deposits when you're playing couch co-op in the fun bank and in the fart bank. Because, you know, for four or five hours, you and your 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 beautiful wife, who actually doesn't pass wind at all, are just getting getting deposits right into that couch. You're really, you're really, trying, you stand up, you're really trying for a fart you, joke when here. When you stand up, there's just the waft of, of no, delightfulness. buddy, let me tell you. When I stand up from a five-hour couch session, yeah. I was like, bakery... Fresh cinnamon buns. I know this is a lie. Uh, nope. 
All Cam- right. Campbell Town. Um, but no, dude, it's 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 brought me back to a special time. I'm going to jump into No Man's Sky with you. I promise. Lies. Uh, actually, I may not after I've you give us this. I've been hurt before. I may not after you give us this review. You can tell us a little bit about it. But yeah, that's uh, that's that's been my week. What about you, bud? Why don't you tell us about the space lanes? Well, I dropped back into No Man's Sky. I smashed into hyperspace and and uh, and jumped back in. And, you know, I found myself, you know, initially really dismayed because I'd gotten to kind of the end game state in No Man's Sky. And what I found like, was... Like previously you were. Yeah, in the first in the first run when it released. And what I found was where all my advanced tech was, it now read obsolete technology. Um, and that's... Yeah, I mean, that's that's that was kind of the sound by going around. Because let's just be clear. Everybody and their mother has been playing No Man's Sky recently, mm-hmm. right? It's the Giant Bombcast was talking all, all about it last week. It's been all over Kotaku. People are writing guides to play No Man's Sky, which is freaking weird for a two-year-old game. Am I right? Well, they promised us that they were going to bring the game that they that they originally pitched. And in a lot of ways, they're true to their word. But it, it cut me super deep to uh, decompile tech after tech that I had like sort of uh, scratched and and dug and and put together and you know you're rewarded with some components and uh, some uh, items that are worth fifty thousand credits, which is no small amount. And I I took that small loan from my old equipment to game the commodities market to come up on top. Uh, you know, fast forward forty hours later, I went from two hundred thousand credits to four hundred and eighty million credits. Oh, um, and that's after I've bought a couple freighters and built the base no big deal but space empire space empire but you know what like i have to say so let's start at the beginning the exploration is still beautiful the worlds are beautiful they have a more of a varied look than they used to um there's different colored worlds i found some more variants and there are exotic worlds too some really really cool stuff you you have to really actually you won't come across these unless you're really looking into strange corners you have to have all the um the warp drives installed to go a lot of these places like places with strange glass glowing surfaces like some very sounds amazing some very awe-inspiring worlds but you know set those aside you know i've warped to hundreds of worlds they get kind of repetitive they all kind of blur together you know they've added rings to worlds uh, like uh we have in on our our beautiful saturn um, and to a lesser extent, um, um, Uranus. Um, but the... Uh, or, it's not a joke. It literally, Uranus has a, has a ring around it. Anyway, um, the... Uh, Thanks, Dad. The fact... I wish you would die. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the fact that now it seemed like every world had a ring around it was weird because ringed planets um, going a little Neil deGrasse Tyson on you are extremely rare in the universe. Oh, man. And now they're everywhere. <laughs> so that, that sort of funked me up a little bit. Okay, and science they, they all kind of uh, die. They all kind of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sort of blend together so you got that so let's move on to freighters they put these huge well, hold on a sec the the exploration so it, i want to ask you two questions first and foremost have they expanded the amount of planets that you can go to like is it is it definitely expanded better expanded the amount of planets like what i mean by that is have they expanded the variety in the biomes there's more of a variance of planets for sure there's different color schemes or different scapes i mean one of the challenges of the planets is they they get treated like a stereotype and let me explain this planet is an ice planet that planet is a green planet in my opinion uh you know there should be some variance around the planet a planet isn't one thing but you can blast around this planet it all looks the same from side to side and it's infinite too right like when you get on the planet you can you can literally drive 
as far as you want in any direction and it doesn't it's, end? It's a sphere, dude. That's how spheres work. No, but I, you, you never come back around to the spot that yeah, you're at. You, yeah, you can. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah. didn't know you could drive around a planet. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, because if you come out, you can be on the other side of the planet in space. Uh, I don't know. But I mean, it does It does sound... Yeah, you can go around the backside of the planet. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They, the, yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, So how do you address that problem, though? Because if you're doing It's just infinite... too big. The game's just too big. You got It's too big. That's, you got to make a choice element. at some point, and it's like... But for what it is... Listen, it's impressive, but just from an experience standpoint, it gets a little repetitive, I get right? You. It gets a little repetitive. And, and you get this thing, too, and maybe this is just on the PS4. Maybe if you have a really big rig on a computer... There's still a tremendous amount of pop-in. You know, sometimes I'm driving through mist that is just a... It's it's not mist on the planet. It's the mist of, please give us a second to load what's going on. Right. And and you'll get some glitches. Like, I'm walking through mist for, like, ten minutes. Like, the, the, it's a little bit... The game is... Sounds like a bong break. ...laden with glitches from top to bottom. Sounds like you roll that blunt. You're doing great right now. Keep it coming. Um, <laughs> so moving along, so there's a lot to cover, man, and I know we're short on time. But uh, So freighters, very cool thing. Um, there are now freighters in the game, and you can uh, hire freighters. Uh, they become part of, part of your armada. You can attack freighters as a pirate. They're impressive, and, and you scrape together a fair amount of change to buy a freighter. Um, your first one is free, wink, as long as you save it from the pirates that are attacking it. Um, but as you add them, they're a couple million bucks each to get a, a super freighter, which is your main capital ship. Um, the one I just purchased, it was 90 million credits. So it was nice. a, a steep a steep purchase. They're awesome. Million. They're huge. You can get uh, additional um, storage on them. I think it's like up to 48 slots. So that's great because this is a game where inventory uh, is constantly vexing you. Um, but once you have them, there's not a lot you can do with them. You can send them out on missions. Can you, like, put an attack squadron in the fighter bay? I wish you could. That would be freaking epic. I wish you could. I wish... Because you could own multiple ships. I wish your ships were waiting there in the hangar. I wish you could build technology on them. I wish you could send your ship to a system to blockade the economy there or to, you know, uh, blockade ships from warping in there. Just have something, you know, something cool. But basically, you can just send them on missions. There's four different types. It's either an exploration, a trade, a battle, like a, 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 what do they call it? It's a military mission or it's balanced. And they go out there and they kind of report back general things that are coming out and they might get damaged and get sent back. And at, at the end, you get some items and some money. But just feels like there should be more to that sure you can warp your your freighter and it's awesome as it blinks in especially if you're in the middle of getting attacked by some pirates and it you know they start getting blasted down by lasers very cool if you drop it very close to a planet and go down to the planet half the the sky is taken up by your freighter that's pretty rad that's rad but it just all of it feels kind of shallow so it's like very cool impressive but it feels like there could be more maybe they will like this game is still being added sure i mean it feels like yeah it definitely feels like we're we're wish listing a little bit and that's fine like i mean i feel like those are the things that i would want to be friggin hooked on no man's sky mm -hmm. you know um but it's cool that the infrastructure is kind of popping in there's i mean some squares of potential or they're setting down little frameworks that i hope continue to get built on mm -hmm. so let me just rhyme off a couple things you know uh bases have came in the ground uh, into the game you can build some cool bases but what it also introduces is a huge grind mining is slow even with the best the best mining gear and you have to get a phenomenal amount of materials to build even the simplest room 350 magnetized ferrite 
which is if you know the game, it's 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 like a third tier element. That might mean that you got three hundred or two hundred and fifty. Excuse me, let me do the math. Nine hundred uh, uh, ferrite dust and refined that it into pure ferrite, and then got nine hundred fifty of those and refined it into magnetized ferrite that you mined by shooting a rock with a laser for six hours, like. Fuck to the you. You could. <laughs> is they, it that dramatic? It is that dramatic. And like, the, is that for like the top tier base, or is that for just an entry level like building a base? You just build. That's one room. It's nuts. And and you know like so this is what it became for me. And this is where I, I like was, re- I was in love with the game just like I was the first time. Awe inspired, and then fell fell into seeing the scope of what I had to do to get where I wanted to go. And then what I did was I took advantage of certain things in the game a gaming the economy and gaming a couple elements uh, really quick there's these things called larval cores you get them from whispering eggs they're worth 50 whispering p- eggs whispering eggs whispering eggs, whispering eggs. <clears throat> so anyway you find these things now when you pick them up um alien horrors spawn and attack you pretty cool they look like xenomorphs <clears throat> And they'll wreck your shop pretty quick. So you can grab maybe one and then you run away. So what I did was I found three sites like this on one planet, set markers down so I could come back to them and cycled through them and built walls around these nests, stole all their eggs, lather, rinse, repeat for several hours until I had an inventory full of these eggs. Then I went and collapsed an economy by selling them all. Sure. Right? And and I did this several times. And I, and along with that, I used credits to buy high, uh, you know low and sell high. But... That's not fun. Right. And I found myself, at least it wasn't for me after a couple hours. So I made my money, but I came became the classic, like, burnt out, like, uh, Bill Murray character from Scrooge. I'm like, I got all this <laughs> money, but what did it take? Oh, you know. Man. So I made my cash, and so I bought out all these stuff, and I built my base. But I felt like that shouldn't be the way I had to get there. There the should be thing. a funner way to get there. It shouldn't be mine till you wish you were dead or game the system, like doing the same thing over and over again. There there should be a funner way to bridge that gap. I get it, man. Like, I mean, to me, building the base sounds like, like the most fun part. Like, And especially with the addition of multiplayer, building a base with your crew, having a place to hang out, you know, kicking around on your freighters, doing some drop into planets and exploration and all that fun stuff. Sounds like a blast. It does sound like if the grind curve is super steep, that's just something I wouldn't experience because I'm not going to subject myself to that shit that you're talking about. Right. So I, I don't know what the level of grind is. I haven't touched that, but there's no way I'm sitting down and doing that. And I felt like I shortcutted it because given I had less patience for it because I already had done it once the grind thing, but I was mining more than a Bitcoin farmer. You know what I mean? Like it, it got pretty serious. It was my whole, my whole life for a bit. I'm like, we got to find another way. So I, I did, <laughs> I did go wall street and I broke the game. I'm currently sitting on a roughly 450 million credits. I'm happy oh, about that. Brush your shoulders. I want to get that billion mark though. Dog. I want to get that be in there and you want to be the warren buffett of space so there you go man like and if i can sort of uh push it forward cool global stock market but to grind to exploit it can get tiring you know uh the mining is cool on that on the surface i love that you can sort of everything in the world you can pull elements for and put it together but don't make it my whole life they right. can make every thought thing 10 times as as inexpensive to build and nothing would be lost from the game you just be spend more time having fun oh what a crime that would be right you know rather than get trying to get jump jet engines together you know, missions too cool thing that they have missions you can pick up in in the space stations now kind of fun um, but they're kind of limited in cookie cutter there's basically it seems like 10 types of missions that are pretty simple and there's a neat here's a little tip for you no man's sky guys out there 
go to 10 space stations in a row, pick up every one of the same missions, something like take a picture on an airless world. That's a perfect one. Stack up 10 or 20 of those, jump from system to system, you have 20 of those, take one picture on an airless world, hand those all in you got nanites for days dogs damn dude that's uh, that's a thing you're you're a you're a professional photographer you're just syndicating that shit i mean that's one pricey photo get it uh, in there so same thing i mean the story in this why are they all going to be pissed when they try and pass that shit off on instagram as their own oh it's not going to work it's not going <laughs> to it's not going to be good so um the story same thing the story's kind of interesting and it draws you into this mystery but what i find is is that the the mystery never gets capitalized on I started I, I did the thing that you know that it's like when you know a relationship is over you're skipping dialogue uh, that's, that's how you know, know the, you've lost the love because every time you get information from any character whether it's the Atlas folks or any of the races or from portals it's like you're talking to a guy who's in the middle of a peyote trip <laughs> he's talking nonsense he's talking all in conjecture and, and, and weird analog and it's interrupted and you're like what is going on? Right. You know, and gen- generally it seems like the Sentinels used to protect everything and now they're attacking people and they may have wiped out life in a parallel universe and is Atlas a god or a computer? You decide. Right. You know, and, and, you know, I have to say something. Gaining language is a part of this game and I love that, especially in the early game. I'm trying to, I'm like a, 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 a an exo uh, cryptologist. I'm trying to put together languages and that's very fascinating, but it gets... Gets, it gets kind of tired. Once I own a freighter that's all of one race, I should be able to turn to one of the dudes, one of the geck, the frog people. It's like, hey, man, can you just download your dictionary? Can you just like give me that? Uh, yeah, dictionary.com. He's like, no, get it from ancient artifacts buried beneath the earth, dumbass, like everybody else. <laughs> I see you peeking over in the corner of the cafeteria. Yep. Don't be listening to our language. So Go this, find that shit in a mine. This bizarre, if you make your own metagame and start making your own story, it can be fun. But the horrifying realization that here's the metagame the curse of this universe is every, every NPC but you is stuck to the ground by an ancient curse <laughs> oh, and never shit. can take one step in every, oh, no. any direction. Because every person you you talk to they can't take one step they're glued to the spot if you talk to them they make their species sound uh, the vikings are the worst they're like Burr! and then they threaten you and then you can either ask them for directions ask them for a word or bribe them with one of their cultural artifacts and i'm it's 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 like you've fallen into some criminal mental vortex of the, there's no escape it's, you know what it feels like it feels like no man's sky is still in that you played EVE Online, yes? Yeah. So EVE Online has um, a lot of, or had, I haven't played in recent years, and they, they can, just like No Man's Sky, continue to update over the last decade. So there's tons of stuff you can do in that game. But unless you find a way to make your own fun, and by the way, spoilers, most people make their own fun in that game by yeah. social interaction, yes. right? Um, unless you make your own fun, those constructs mean very little because you can go ahead and try and thread a needle of story through the whole thing. But when you've gone to the, the lengths of creating this, let's call it sandbox, um, comprehensive systems-based experience, and now you're trying to add narrative to it, that's a tough thing to accomplish. Eve tries to do it in many ways. They try narrative events, they try overarching quest arcs, but it just never hits the same notes that a story-based game is gonna take you through. So they lean heavily on social. No Man's Sky just introduced some multiplayer stuff, but it still feels like, or I'm hearing, that the majority of the stuff going on, you still are doing solo. Now, there's a neat, there's a neat game within the game, which is this. The, a galactic center is forming. 
You can get the, the, the coordinates online. You can head to that part of the galaxy and that's where everybody is and you can interact with people. I advise this with caution though, because the only, there's three people that visited my base and they show up in your game, says blah, 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 join your game. I have a beacon down, they came down the planet. The first guy just started pointing at things I had and giving me the thumbs up. He's like, that's cool, that's cool. Points to my ship, gives me the thumbs up, points to my base, gives me the thumbs up, waves and flies off, cool dude. The next guy that showed up landed in my base and just started deleting stuff. Just started clicking the D. How can another player access your base controls and just start deleting stuff? Is that a build? thing? That is exactly what happened. And so I immediately kick out the game, pull out the network cord to my uh, a PS4, and luckily when you drop out, your base disappears. But he deleted a quarter of my base. No. Yes. And and with the harder and grinding that it took me to get there, I was like, this is stop what you've done. This thing you've done, like everyone just immediately has admin access to your to your <laughs> stuff. I'm just like, this is brutal. This, this is, is a this is a doors unlocked community. Yeah, we just we uh, we trust everybody. Not that guy though. He'll delete your stuff. Shoot him immediately. Kill on sight. Kill on sight. You know. Uh, so. This, this is the, the, the ultimate conflict I have deep within me about this game. I have fun, but not enough for the time that I, 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 I put in. Right. And what I was committed to is I'm like, I just got to dig a little deeper. Right. I just got to dig a little deeper. But everything that you everything you acquire, I think, for me at the end feels a little bit more hollow than the time that I put into it. Right. And, and I know you can't just hand everybody it for free, but there's a couple things I've touched on. Just crank up the volume. If you're going to play this game and you want to explore the different things, I encourage you to game every system. Jump on a thing and find out how to uh, smash out some credits by buying low and selling high. Just learn the basics. It is helpful um, because otherwise, I don't think the time sunk into some of these things is worth the payoff. I just don't. Right. No, I get that. And it makes sense to me, man. Like. Um, what I hear a lot or what I've read a lot about No Man's Sky is it's exploration for exploration's sake. And that really jives with me. Yeah. By the way, sidebar, um, how's that 420 friendly? It's pretty good, man. I have to say my favorite thing is the, it's the simple stuff. Cruising along a, a stratosphere of purple smoke and then just when I feel like it, pulling up into orbit and then jumping into hyperspace to go somewhere else. Uh, now, what I do want to do is grab one of those little frogmen by the throat, lift him up, and say, "You see all these ships that are flying in out of the uh, the, the hangar?" He's like, "Yeah, you can buy any of them." Yeah, where do they build these motherfuckers? Because I would like to go there and just pick out the one I want. Are you telling me <laughs> the way that they, they they handle ships in this game is you just have to walk up to someone that's that has one, and say, "I'll buy that from you." There's no ship factory. You can't go to source, you, man. You frog bastard. Look at me in your greasy eyes. Where do they sell them? There's actually, I, right near the end, like the game heard me. I'm like, there's no story in this thing. It's a piece of garbage. They dropped a little bit of lore. The frog guys actually had made the first galactic war. They almost destroyed everybody. And they'd enslaved the robot dudes. And the robot dudes had been um, put under their foot and just crushed. And the robot dudes in an act of sacrifice, they're nanites in a bag, basically, the robot dudes. They cut themselves open and dumped their nanite contents into the spawning pools of the Gek, and the Gek got changed and augmented and became
became part robot guy, the Corvax, and it changed them forever. And it take, took their militants down and raised their peacefulness, which gives you the geck that you have today, which are friendly guys, the ones that always say hello, friend. They're the, you know they're not like the Vikians, which are basically Klingons that are like interloper. They always talk about whenever you talk to one, it's like it looks like he's not going to kill me this time. Uh, fun fact: none of these pieces of shit ever tried to kill me because I would have blasted them with the mining laser. You would have given them the old I wish laser every face. time I'm like, I wish you would. You don't got the guts. <laughs> but yeah, so it's a cool piece of lore. I'm like, that is what I want. Just some cool lore. Not some like, the mists of time seem to beckon to me, both telling me yes and no, and the universe is made and unmade, and freedom is unknown. Fuck you. <laughs> Tell me a real thing, yeah. or I'm going to blast. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, I know Giant Bombcast, because uh, I listened to their their kind of take on No Man's Sky, and they're having a lot of fun with it, those guys. So, you know, the way that they described it, um, actually a lot of the similar complaints to yourself, uh, and at the same time, um, you know, they were mentioning, excuse me, that that is the one element, more writing in the game. Yeah. Uh, just more, more, more story, more tidbits. And I think that that's, Again, as someone who's not in it, right? Um, but I think that that's what could potentially be the next, the next big element. Just yeah. adding some, adding some sort of, adding something to staple this randomly generated galaxy to some sort of undercurrent of truth uh, yeah. and narrative. And you know that that's that's by the way probably coming. I would have to guess because with it this have to be. for sure, man. With this with this, listen. If No Man's Sky has updated itself from what it was to base building and freighters and and the you know limited multiplayer and and what it is today with Next, there's no question that they're going to forge ahead and continue to sell copies and probably come out with some paid DLC. I would see that coming down yeah. the pipe. And you know they've earned paid DLC and I'll just final word, small team They've really doubled down and, and given us more game like they promised and hats off to them. And so, you know, I know coming out of this, you've you've heard probably a lot of different things coming at you in, in terms of positive and negative. I would say if you have not played the game and it sounds like a fun thing, it probably is fun to you. I think I was a little burnt because my first 40 out, my first 40 hours, I'd repeat 30 of those hours, I feel like. Right. And so... If I just start from scratch, I think I would be a little bit less embittered. We well, also the experience. spent two straight weeks in space. Yeah, I got a little bit of space madness. You are space crazy. Yeah, it's happened. So if that sounds fun, it Dan, probably Dan texts me the other day. He's like, "Dude, can we please get lunch? Can we please, can we please <laughs> I need get to, lunch? I need to we land this ship. Need to land the spaceship where there's not a frog person <laughs> shooting spores at me. Spe speaking of shooting some spores and frog people and flying into space." I think it's a little time for the uh, smoke sesh. Let's hit those thrusters, Let's buddy. get it. Power it to five. Yeah. Put Is the five the number? Put the light folder on and we'll hit it. The light folder? Yeah. Folds that light, buddy. Fold that light. Bend me over. smoke sash danny it has been a while since we've shared a bong my friend it's been a, it's been some time it's been a dog's age it's been a fortnight it's been you know what i played fortnite on uh, sidebar played fortnite on switch the other day delightful yeah yeah really challenging for me actually to get my hands around uh, i was playing in undocked mode so it was the handheld mode um the controls felt a little more challenging than for example with my playstation remote but being able to lay in bed and play fortnite feels like I feel like we've arrived. This is mm -hmm. the new the new technological age. Yeah. 
Yeah, the Switch has made it happen everywhere. I think I say that like once a week. Um, but Switch, we salute you. Hats off and whatnot. <laughs> so okay, we got so we got some bud here. We're gonna sh- we're actually gonna be for the first time in a long time uh, enjoying the same strain, and this is a CBD Kush, right? Yeah, we've reviewed this exact one before. But we still talk about it briefly. Jeremy Irons is gonna stay on the bench. We're not gonna read from Leafly, but we will tell you a little bit about the bud. Yeah, so get your nose in there, and as you talk about it, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit this. Nice. So yeah, the CBD Kush I have not personally tasted yet. I like anything with a high CBD content. I'm really a big fan of the way that uh, it relaxes my body, at least in general. Who knows? Maybe I'll have a super energetic time here. But um, this specific uh, nug is really spiky. It's the only way I can describe it. It's look how spiky this is, Dan. <laughs> Ooh, it does have some spikiness. Is that a spiky gentleman or what? It it lets you know that it it's not to be hugged. Yeah, and it it's um. It looks wet. Um, yeah, it feels a little damp. It's got there's a woody, like the, there's a woody, cedary smell to this thing. Like it smells like a wet pile of of cedar logs left out in the forest in a, in a really pleasant way. Yeah. There's some moss in there. Yeah, it's an earthy. Is, earthy would be this the, is not the note, just I think. dried. It's cured. Um, you know, you have you have just some classic triangular trichomes here. Everything's coming to a delicious point. It's getting more quadratic the more Kinda I look like at it. Kind of like your head. Oh, wonderful. Um, yeah, let me, brown, get some, let me get some flavor on brown this. Brown hairs, delicious crystals. It's twinkling at me as we speak. Um, it just looks like a good friend. And uh, I have to say, um, what, what I reviewed last week, the Della Hayes, uh, put me Ooh. into a, a deep, dark hole. By the end, I, oh. uh, I had what can only be described as a six-hour... Uh, panic attack. No. So uh, old uh, old Dank Dan's uh, gonna stick to some indicas for a little bit. Yeah, man. You know, sativas. Like I, I again, I've had a I've had a challenge with sativas at times. You know, a lot of people will mention that they experience paranoia sometimes with cannabis. And for me, microdosing sativas, having small amounts at a time, has always been a great experience. But I gotta tell you, I had a bad experience with some Durban poison a while ago. It, you remember that? It's so wild. Like I. <laughs> I, I never I very rarely go deep and, and do gigantic bowls, so I'm always kind of tipping on that light side. That flavor is great, by the way. Isn't it nice on really the light smooth. side? Yeah, light, not too heavy, pretty piney all across. But anyway, like so, everyone I've talked to said, "Hey, dosage, take it easy." I'm like, "Trust me, I'm treading lightly as it is." Um, but interesting thing, and uh, you know, I'm eternally skeptical. But I called my pops the next day and I shared with him what had gone down, and he's like, "Oh, that's interesting." Um, I was actually passing some kidney stones during that period of time. Damn. Right? Some eerie some eerie uh, connectiveness across the universe possibility. Because So he says the nurse said to him, and they'd given him quite a bit of morphine. The nurse said to him, she, she goes, most painful thing that you can experience. She's like, in the top three is pregnancy. And uh, I've done both. And kidney stones is worse. I'm like, wowzers. Now, fun- I'm kind of bummed out right now. <laughs> oh, it's a bummer. Fun it's- fact. So... Um, if you pass a kidney stone, as my father did, um, you have a 50-50 <laughs> chance. Why are we here? It's here. It's happening. Oh, you have a 50-50 chance. Um, it's a safe space. Is this not a safe space? Is it's it in the sa- nest? Are we in the nest? Dude, the CBD has settled in. Okay. <laughs> I'm feeling very warm and amicable. I still don't want to talk about it's your dad's kidney stones. It's going to happen. Hey, sure. It's going to happen. Why not? Can you, can you, Please, let's can get you into say it. a little prayer for me? Um, I'm, giving, I'm making the sign of the cross. Please I appreciate move. that. Okay. So if you have a kidney stone, you have a 50-50 chance of having another one? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like best news it might happen again you just like the doctor comes in flips a coin he's like looks good for you looks good, <laughs> looks good for you and uh, then you're motivated to do something so my sweet sweet lady went 
her dad went through the same thing. And he says to me, he's like, there's some great, uh, it's called medication. You get in the States, you can't get it here, but they'll ship it. And he's like, they gave me the, not you're having 50-50, another one's coming. He had his wife quickly Google monster like crazy. She comes up with this this uh, resolution. I forget what it's called or I'd, I'd, I'd pimp it up. Maybe I shouldn't just in case, but... He took these and lo and behold, the the little guy, the little monster in the back seat dissolved. And wow. so now he says, I take a preventative two bottles every January. So here's how you know, because guys, we'll stub our toe in the dark six times in a year before we're like, we, we like move bring it armoire. back a little, yeah, right? Yeah, move the armware, turn on the dimmer switch, whatever it is. So you know when a guy has a pain once and he's like, now I'm dropping 120 bucks on the yearly to, to just on the insurance that that's not happening again. That sort of banners what kind of experience that is. Jesus. All right, well, um, maybe it was a cosmic connection with your dad uh, or maybe just a little bit too much sativa. But I, man, how I think it just hit me the wrong way because it wasn't too much. And it's so funny because like those those spells like listen you and I smoke on the regular we're pretty regular smokers and the amount of experiences I've had which just caused me a little bit of anxiety very limited. So I agree with you, but when this normally happens, I hit it with water, I hit it with a pop, a peppercorn, I either lay down or walk. Like it, you ask yourself, do I want to lay down? If the answer is no, it's take a walk time. Right. There's only two settings when you're in that space. I did all those things, and I'm like, still, still terror, still terror time. Wow, That's man. Where well, we I'm sorry to hear that was your experience. How about we talk about the lovely experience that the CBD uh, Kush is providing? This though. one's put me into a lush garden. Do you mind if I just... Um, so Dan has some fresh new glass. This yeah, is a beauty. Is. It's a nice... Uh, this looks like a 12, 12-inch 12 bong. 12-inch bong. Um, this this nice kind of milky jade color on it. It's a, it's a flask bottom. Um, and boy, it's got this cool little triple triple ruffle perk in the bottom it's like got a got a branching triple ruffle ruffle perk pretty neat uh, pretty neat little bong dan it, it kind of looks like three alien craft landing upon the the surface of the water you've just been in space too long and that that is like perfect for our no man's sky theme and my sweet sweet lady said that's my favorite color what so did that, she say? That's my favorite color. She's there like, it's go. like that bluey green crystally thing. I love it. I'm oh. like, she doesn't talk like that. Spectacular. Um, sorry, you did pass me the bong with the intention of me tasting it. So I'm going to give you a little flavor profile here real quick just before we move on to the next next part because I feel like we've been doing a lot of jabbing. Not enough gabbing about the herb. God, that hits smoothly, man. It's a nice pull. And a pat... Paired with such a smooth uh, gone. Dude, I gotta say, this may be my one of my new favorite strains. CBD Kush is a nice warm spot to be in. Buddy, this is now what's the percentage? It's 7.35% CBD, 7.82% THC. So this is a real gentle fellow. And I gotta tell you, this is like this is maybe my dragon, man. This is maybe what I chase every single time I ignite a bowl. It's super level. I'm very relaxed. My muscles feel um, de-stressed, feel de-worn. You know, that's not a word. De-worn's not a thing. Um, I'm feeling very... De-worn, de-worn is a producer from the 80s. De-worn. He said, yeah, no kidding, <laughs> for sure. Uh, and I just, just a general feeling of well-being that doesn't border on any excessive cerebral stuff going on. Yeah. I, this is a wonderful, and it has to be said, Broken Coast, what's up? You know, and I, I, got, I wonder what... Uh, the mixes between the listeners is how many people are taking a walk down Strain Street every time they go to their Nugsmith because we have this beautiful menagerie of choices and how many of you are locked into 
I'm a white walker guy, you know, I'm a white widow guy. And I like to jump deeper than that. I only take smoke this strain that my brother grows and we've been growing it for 12 years. And I know it's like an old friend. Right. You know exactly where it's coming. It's a known quantity. You, you have a secret handshake it with it. It's two slaps and one quick pap, you know. That's it, man. I mean, you know, there's all sorts of smokers out there. And dude, like, uh, you know, fist bump if you're the haul hard dab guy. Or if you're not, if you're kind of like Dan and I, little so, little, a little soft serve ice cream over here. That's right. I'd like some soft carrots and some warm eye contact. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm happier that we're in this space together because if I need a hug, I can get one. You bannered it earlier and I love that you said it because we need it. You're like, hey, we're real smokers. We're talking like a couple of like yeah. parking in the back, great ants. Yeah. The back of the church, that is. Oh, dude. Well, we just we need to keep up appearances just in case we have to uh, jump on the the crocheting podcast in the next, in the next hour or so. I'll, I'll put on my jean jacket with the leather arms that says "Nar" on the back. <laughs> Incredible. All right, let's jump through uh, jump through a little bit of news here. High Times, our boys over at High Times, recently did some coverage on what exactly are THC pills. Now, Dan, let me ask you a question. You ever consumed THC pills before? I would say not in my recollection, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Right. And I wish that wasn't the answer. So so it was actually an interesting article because I'm I'm not an edibles guy, you know that about me. And the idea of ingesting <laughs> anything yeah. says anything about Andy. Not an edibles guy. Not an edibles guy. That's pretty much on my shirt at all times. Unless it's a bag of pork rinds, am I right? Oh, oh. Guadalooch. Right Guadalooch. Guadalooch. Um, yeah, so THC pills, I was dismayed to find out. Through high times, there's a real strong no plagiarism conversation going on right now. Oh, buddy, we're sourcing. <laughs> we're sourcing. We're sourcing. We're Asterisk high Suddenly, times. Our show notes are normally a, a mishmash because we've thrown it together in a frenzy. I mean, organized curation. Yes. But at this time, there is notation. No. Uh, you notice a couple articles down. I, it says pulled directly from website <laughs> right above it. <laughs> we put some caution cones in front of the <laughs> That's content. That's it, man. That's it. We, there's there's none of that happening. So. Uh, I was dismayed to find out that THC pills are made with synthetic THC. Uh, then exit out. Yeah, I don't. Right I was out. not into that. So they're they're commercially available as pharmaceuticals. Um, the brand name is Marinol. The uh, unbranded form is called Dronabinol. Mm. It all doesn't sound very... So, okay, listen. There's some benefits to weed pills that High Times tells us, and that's that, you know, you can very uh, clearly and deliberately manage your dose, which is very challenging to do with right. smokables, right. with dabs, with vaping. This with, is right on the nose. You yeah, know what you're getting. Right on the nose. You know what you're getting. Uh, it's discreet. That's true. You know, there's no smoking experience to go about. There's no, no smells. Apparatus. It's yeah. just happening. No, it's just happening to you. Um, obviously, they're in gelatin capsules, so completely inert. There's no, there's no combustion or anything going on that could harm you. That's all cool, and for someone who needs um, THC delivered to them in a way that's predictable and you know medically available, whatever, makes a ton of sense. But I got so first and foremost, you're not getting any of the cannabinoids that are coming along with your smoking your plant or the terps, right? Uh, yes, absolutely. That and the thing is, is the cannabinoids are the um, subject of much research at the moment, of course, for the the many perceived benefits. Um, to everything from just general well-being and health to, well, whatever. We won't make any claims. but So the idea that you remove that from the weed experience, to me, it's like removing, how can I put it? It's like having Thanksgiving turkey with no gravy. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to determine what these have been derived from. And so like in my mind, if the path they are is they are derived weed 
chemicals from from marijuana they can be called weed pills what what throws me off is when it's a chicken of the sea tuna situation except it's not so cute and you're like these it's we call them weed pills but really it's just chemicals that aren't related right like we've all heard of like there's a spice synthetic weed and it's like yeah you want to stay away from that you have to call it spice because there's it's in no way weed so this i'm reading this article it does say um that I'm trying to determine, do, do you get the benefits of the cannabinoids, the terpenes, and the, the flavonoids? And I'm not able to determine if those are coming down. No, nope, no, there's not. No, it's synthetically create, And this is commercially available THC pills. This isn't like some street shit, yeah. right? It's well, not like uh, well, something... Check this, this paragraph, this sentence. Partakers of pot have developed countless, countless ways to ingest the herb and reap the benefits of its cannabinoids, terpenes, and flavonoids, and other compounds. So is that happening in these synthetic boys? Um, I'm pretty sure I read... Well, da, da. Oh, come on now. Come on now. Where is it? Brain, 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 you go. Because they lack the benefits of the additional cannabinoids and other yes, compounds. Yes, there you go. The yeah, that's plant. what I mean. Okay, yeah. So then that's what I thought I had read. So it's... it's yeah. I mean, to me, it's like... Definitely an application for this thing, but let me let me ask you. Let's go. Let's go either dystopian or utopian future, right? Do you want the smoking experience to go away? Do you want smoking something or vaping, maybe if that's your thing? But like, do you want the smoking experience, the requirement to smoke some cannabis, that thing being your regular go-to 420 situation, to go away? Do you want it to be all pop a pill, jump some edibles in there, call it a day? I'm open to it. However, I, oh. I would say the more the more important thing is the, all the culture around it, the plant, the fact that it's grown and nurtured. It's a plant that that the conversation with Bud I think has a lot to do with with smoking it and, and that that ingestion pathway. I'm not saying you shouldn't be able to get a THC pill. No, when no, certainly. This, if there was an alcohol pill, I'd never take it. No, ever. No, nope. because I want to enjoy my beverage like you know somebody's up to something serious when they're like pounding a smirnoff ice and you're like whoa what are you drinking there like i just like to get smashed you're like really <laughs> get some sugar in there yeah or like you know someone's down to be serious when they're ingesting alcohol pills <laughs> Just yeah, you're like, they're always German and they're going to a rave. So. Well, so, of course, the THC pills are made with a medical application in mind. So we shouldn't probably talk about them from a recreational standpoint, although that's very much an application. Andy, I already brought, I, I just brought the terrible German accent that never should have been brought out. out just leave, me put it away leave that one in the golf bag. In the golf bag. <laughs> put that back in there in the Studebaker. It is... <laughs> It's in the hind of my Studebaker. It's in the back of have the you Studebaker. Been to Stad? Uh, uh, no, I've not been to Stad. You'd love it. Um, I don't want the smoking experience to ever go away. I'm not saying that smoking is the is is the best way, the only way to enjoy cannabis, vaping, all these other edibles. Fine, fine and dandy. But for me, the action around smoking, the amount of smoking that actually happens, especially in my life, which is pretty damn minimal in terms of exposure to my lungs and body, that experience is worth partaking in the combustion it just for me for me it's there for yeah. you yeah word. word 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 to your moms word to your moms uh red dead redemption's a thing yeah yeah we got uh you know we they've been dropping little things we've seen some stills and some pictures looks great um they did uh, a live gameplay video um they that's out on a couple sites i saw it on the verge and um you know what kinda, <laughs> they're exciting your references <laughs> i kind of wanted to see a different gameplay video i just wanted to see gameplay footage but they did this thing that can be valuable you might want to see this it's like a talk through uh -huh. they talk through the elements of the game it's got a voiceover that's not an in-game voice or it's a developer being like you get to do this and you'll see some of this in the game 
game and we've added this mechanic and if you voiceover like developer of, close listener of the show I'm, sorry buddy sorry man sorry. hey listen sorry for making you a fucking kind of video a monotone muppet if that's the video you wanted uh, you, they didn't made it well but the high points are it looks beautiful it's a prequel we're talking uh 1899 wild west various environments you got desert swamps mountains uh, your, uh snowy mountains in snowy, fact which kind of blew my mind a bit and you got a little bit of the, the the some of the keynotes of an open world there's fishing there's hunting the element of your crew comes in at a really strong point your central nexus for the most part in this game seems to be going to be around your crew's camp is they're getting pushed further oh, and further that. into the wilderness buddy i can smell the coffee i can smell the fire the beans the beans yeah. yep i can see you know hear a vulture squawking somewhere in the distance and Somebody's i'm, I'm yep. saying ain't Yep, there's a cigar lit by the big burly dude who's got the shotgun. Uh, Andy, do you think they should be using tobacco products in this video game as historically accurate, or do you think we should keep that out so the children don't see it? Uh, Speak to it now. Make Take a side. I, are you siding? Don't smoke, kids, but in the Wild West, it's cool. It's cool. unless <laughs> If you're actually a cowboy, go for it, Jimmy. You earned it. If you, uh, yeah, if you're smoking past, well, fuck it. Just no. Google Marlboro Man, and then you make your own decisions. Make That's your own right. Decisions. Took a shot of big tobacco. Get at us. Well, they're not going to be funding us any time. That's okay. They can keep we're, their money. We're trying to get a big tobacco. <laughs> were we pursuing big tobacco? That was our, uh, was our next Benson sponsor hedges. lineup. Well, I know you're out of the firework game. Get in the dungeon squid <laughs> Looks like Purple Dungeon Squid out of pocket for another month. <laughs> <laughs> Hey buddy, you know what's you know what's our shield, our our legal shield forever, comedy podcast. Comedy podcast. Buddy, comedy podcast. Put it under the banner of laws. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I love the way they talk about delivering missions. You're going to be delivered missions by the crew you're talking to and what your do goods going on in the world. They're doing like a a new interaction thing where you get in these scenarios in the open world with just like the denizens in those worlds, and you have the option to denizen uh, the medicine. Denizen the medicine to. <laughs> To greet, antagonize, defuse, kill a witness, threaten, dismiss, beat, and rob. So it sounds like you get to decide who this guy is. How nice. honorable is he? How much is a scallywag is, is it? Is it John Marston? It's not. He's in the game. You play a different guy. I think okay. you play the head of that old crew. And I think Marsden enters. You know what, man? Um, He's going to so be part I've, of I've actually story. talked some shit about Red Dead Redemption. Ooh-wee! Uh, or Red, what is this called? Red Dead Redemption, Redemption 2? 2. Right. So the original Red Dead Redemption, I had some good times with it. Actually, I, I largely stopped playing that because of a technical bug that just wouldn't let me pursue. Bank um, error in against your favor. Yes, that's it. Um, that game lost some of its shine for me for a couple reasons, but this has got me stoked. I love, you know, just the way that the setting's being positioned, um, it, it feels like all of these things are going to come together to give me a Wild West simulator, to give me a true American cowboy simulator that's going to feel real good. Feel that? Yeah. Westworld has been doing them some favors, and they're talking about realism. Uh, the gun uh, guns are supposed to be behaving more realistically. You get the, the, re the recoil that would be commensurate with that gun at that time, the reload speeds. I like this. Dude, that's actually... That it's such an important thing what you've just said because let me give you let me levy my most um, my most pressing issue with Red Dead Redemption and it's fine it's a product of the time it was made it's Grand Theft Auto in the desert it's freaking the the guns the way everything manages is Grand Theft Auto in the desert Buddy, and I when, just don't like it when you're a hammer everything t tends to look like a nail when you make billions of dollars making Grand Theft Auto sometimes you you just 
You make Grand Theft Auto Desert. You made that thing with some new with some new veneer. It was the gunplay. But play. I like that they gave them some. When you make something good, you you get brave. Sometimes you give yourself enough rope to take a step further out. And right. when creativity meet, makes business meets business, it very often takes a running jump. It takes like one big step in one direction. It's like. What do you guys think of that? Oh, yeah. And then if that's good, they take another step in that direction. Oh, yeah. How about here? <laughs> and I mean, you see this in our movie industry. It's like the, the very first big, great asteroid movie brought nine more. And you knew Morgan Freeman was going to be in one of them. Oh, for sure. There's a bit. No, I was trying to do a Morgan Freeman. That's an asteroid heading to Earth. No, dude. That's like that's way closer to Jeremy Irons than I could want. No. It will kill everyone and you'll die. He's just like his voice sounds like carpet. He's like, uh, at all times, no matter what he's saying, it's it's you never get that Sam Jackson intenseness. He's always like, "There's an armoire. I sit in it sometimes." <laughs> all righty. Well, um, so let's talk. Let's just let's cut to that that thing that we spoke about a little earlier on, which is this a pretty brutal situation that IGN is dealing with over this plagiarized Dead Cells review, right? I mean, listen. What's to say about it? If you listen to the videos side by side, it's very clear what's happened. Somebody didn't have enough faith or got behind the timeline and or maybe had gotten the bad habit of watching a review and listening to it. And like, listen, it goes both ways. Sometimes you take in a bunch of material and you'll talk along the same lines of stuff you've read. Like it's part of the experience. But uh, this is like a cut and paste situation, uh, kind of. Uh, you watch the video and uh, poor guy lost his job. And I mean, having a great job. Yeah, and no the, one's no one's yeah. stoked about that soundbite. You know, it's <laughs> and it's tough because I get I get exactly what happened and and it's a really unfortunate situation you know uh, Dead Cells review um, YouTuber was Boomstick I want to say Boomstick I'm, I listen I'm sure doesn't he's matter got whatever yeah I mean, no no like, the YouTuber who yeah, originally who got, recorded yeah. that yeah and that guy by the way um, went from fourteen thousand to forty two thousand followers in the span of his story coverage uh, via. Um, just about every major video game publication out there. And I'm not saying that it's ill-gotten by any stretch of the imagination. Right. Maybe that's justice served, in I, fact. I mean, <laughs> it's not unjust. Let's say that, um, you know. Ends it, up getting a ton of exposure, uh, not necessarily for the right reason, but, I mean, you know, he deserved to get credit for his review, and, and ultimately that is what happened. Right, and, uh, you know, the the energy flew, flew the right way. You know, if this guy ripping him off might end up being the biggest bump to his channel, you know, uh, you uh, sure. Know, and so, quadrupling your audience, that's a big deal, you know? Anyway, it, you know, it's its a brutal situation. It's really easy to be influenced by another reviewer's rhetoric. Like, so I easy. don't claim to be a professional video game reviewer. I'm certainly not. That being said, you can't help but, you know, you're playing a game. First thing I do when I'm playing a game and I'm really enjoying it is I'll jump online and see what other people are saying about it, right? Right. Um, and this is not that. I get it. I'm just saying... You know, it is very easy to be influenced by other people's words. Um, and, and that's how art should work. You know what I mean? You see a great movie and it gives you an idea for a character. And if you're writing, you're writing anything, you're doing anything creatively, that'll come through no matter what you're doing. And I have to say, like, uh, my D&D campaigns get heavily in, in influenced by the music I'm listening to. Uh -huh. um, there is definitely some tool written the, the, the like tool elements written through my campaign. If you're asking yourself, what does that mean? I don't know. It's like shifting uh, universes and it's realities. It's like going through space, man. Don't worry about Dan's it. Dan's been in don't space stop. for two Look, weeks. You're pushing me back in the airlock. I'm trying to live you're out trying in to come this out of airspace. Space. And you're just, I'm keeping you in space. Listen. You're my little space gimp. 
It's the worst. It might be, you know, you I really have brought home the title, weight the of the fact that you can look me in the eye and say, you're my little space gimp. You're my little space gimp. I mean, can I choose death? Is that an option? <laughs> uh, nope. This airlock is well pressurized. Oh, um, anyway, well, let's move on from that. Dead Cells looks freaking awesome, though, dude. Dead Cells looks freaking awesome. It's a, it, I mean, I'm sure everybody knows at this point, but it's a Metroidvania-style roguelike. And let me ask you a real honest question here, Dan. Can you ever have enough roguelikes? What I like is you can keep pouring roguelike in, and it's different every time. That's the, the joy of it. It's you amazing. Know? You know, there's a lot of roguelikes that people have really been into that I have not. Um, Binding of Isaac is one of them. Really, it was like, so that game gave me the icks. I don't like the subject matter. It was like you're like a baby. There's like, you're inside of like your mother. It's a visceral, gross world. It's gross. It's like a Ren and Stimpy episode. You pulled the words out of my my mouth. I couldn't watch that show for that reason. Yeah, I don't want to see that shit. It shouldn't make my eyes feel like they need a baby wipe swished through them. You know yeah, what I mean? Just give me some and like. I, I don't take something dark. I mean, uh, uh, Darkest Dungeon. It, great. It's it's creepy and evil and you know scary, but it's not that. Doesn't make you feel like you need a shower. It's the gross part, man. Yeah, it's, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, intentionally yeah. gross. So Binding yeah. of Isaac was not for me. Spelunky no. was okay. I just I don't know. Spelunky just felt a little too. Crypt of the Necro Dancer. Crypt of the Necro Dancer. I know that you loved that one. Um, Risk of Rain. Risk of Rain. Yeah. Excellent game. Yeah. Um, Risk of Rain. Oh, that's. Not necessarily as much a roguelike as maybe some of the others, but uh, what was the other one? Endless Dungeon? Uh, Endless Dungeon is is one of them for sure. And it, it uh, you know, what I like about these games, Andy, is that because the gameplay loop very often is tight and simple, you notice that developer gets to pour a ton into the atmosphere and into, um, you know, the feel of the game. So you always get this common element great music you know great art those things really shine through in those games i think the good ones like and not to throw any shade at games like caverns of cud or ang band where it's like a text-based roguelike because you obviously can't make that argument for that it's just like do you want to random through some dungeons yeah no doubt no doubt um but i will say dead cells and what's the other one that's come out recently hollow knight a shovel knight? No, Hollow, Hollow, Knight. Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know what? To be honest with you, I'm not as well versed on Hollow Knight as I should be, but I do want to grab that is game. It, is it a roguelike? Um, would you call Hollow Knight a roguelike? Roguelike. It's like there's Hollow games Knight, like um, Owlboy that have that cat, that Metroidvania feel, but they don't is have a roguelike. Is this game roguelike, roguelike or procedurally generated? Uh, I would describe it as a roguelite. Is the first person Ooh. scary rabbit? Oh, that's gameplay. Roguelike by definition, um, but it seems to be. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We're not talking about Hollow Knight right now. That being said, Dead Cells um, has... I think this is this is actually probably going to be jumping on my Switch this week. I may even be talking about it next week, so we won't go too deep. But um, that the idea of a Metroidvania-style roguelike uh, with the graphics that it has... like the, the premise behind Dead Cells is that you're this animated corpse trying to make your way through a nightmare hellscape that's procedurally generated that uh, ramps up in difficulty as you progress through um, through the worlds and that has a from what I understand um, a very quick so it creates levels that can be defeated in a quick period of time yeah and what the specific reviewer I was reading about had said is that the first few times you go through those levels, they'll take you 15 minutes. Here you tiptoe around yeah. the, the review you read. And it's like, I'm thinking the same thing because what do I know about this game? I haven't played it, stuff I've read. And what I read on another 
person's blog Where's was. Where's my reference? Was, Where's I my don't second? have it here. Is that the power-ups and the super moves come quickly, which encourages you to have like a frenetic, powered-up speed right. of combat. Right. And then, and But I like the idea that, you know, it's, a, you know, um, again, from what I've read, mastering those those procedurally generated yes but becoming familiar as you go through the nuances of them the right and bolts can take you from a 15 minute playthrough of a level to like a five minute or a, or a two minute playthrough of the level just gives me an idea of the the level of skill curve maybe even that thing we talked about earlier on flow yeah um that gets me excited about playing a roguelike yeah because i mean actually death road to canada is a roguelike yeah you know there's two and there's two different types of roguelikes i think there's the ones where when things get hectic you're hitting a key looking how your numbers change and like deciding what you're doing in your next turn it's all tense and some of them that it's just like it has that beat pattern to and it. you know that when you die yeah you can get back in real quick and crypt of the necrodancer real quick is one of those things that bridge that gap because it took a game that could be like move look move wait turn based and the way the game was intended to be played was to be on the beat never heard what a beat is before Dan. no but like that's in the game but that's i'm saying that's the speed it's getting ready to make you make you play at yeah i get you and it's like it turns you up that level that's what makes that game brilliant boosh bam bam no crypt of the neko dancer um again your review has inspired me to buy it. I have purchased it. Obviously, it's sitting Two in my back. Two player, blog. buddy. That's the heat. Be, oh, in, yes. Get be, be in that space with I uh, played with my little brother, and it's like you get into such a beat. If one of you goes off beat, it slows it messes the little game up. So nice. It, it gets it's like no blink for if, if you get into it like an hour, and you're like, okay, I need. You a don't want to play that game with your casual friend Todd, because like Todd's slacking off, and you just want to just want to give him a haymaker. Todd doesn't even know who Run DMC is. Damn straight. Yeah, his beat doesn't even rock around. Mm-mm, not even around. It's too tricky. Oh, boy. Uh, Why guys <laughs> ever. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> we are running so short We're on so time. We're so short of time. Canada, talk, Canada's talk got about a, a approved take... device oh. for roadside testing for cannabis. That's... Um, let me ask, okay, quick side. I don't know. Veto. Veto. No, no, no. We're talking about it quickly because it's important. Okay. It's important. One in question. The on, in the... Hold on. In the ongoing effort yes. to ensure that people aren't getting stoned and drive, which sure. fine, whatever, on the same page, I'm with you. Um, but the, the question is, is that until there is a definitive way to isolate if you are high or not, or define, in fact, what How being high is. What is? Tell, show me what um, impairment uh, impairment is. Yes. Don't don't detect presence. Right. There's presence of lots of things. It's and it's it's challenging, man. It's a challenging conversation. I want it to go the right way, and yet I have to ask because there's like eighty-five million dollars worth of these roadside tests being supported by the government of Canada, and that's cool. I, I support the spirit in which that's in. But do you think a police officer is going to reliably use this when all it really permits them to do is detect that there's cannabinoids or whatever it is, THC, sorry, in your blood per the last six hours, and then they got to haul you in somewhere and see if they can do something with your blood? Like, do you think that that's going to happen ever? Let me talk about something here. The fact that they put 90 million bucks into it means that now there's a business behind it. And when that happens, it gets this inertia going. And we don't have the nuancing time to talk about it, but broad strokes, the way that we 
got a relationship with impaired driving and alcohol is numbers started creeping up huge unignorable numbers and someone finally said we got to do something about it and now we're, we're we're adjudicating it the other way we go oh you're doing something we're going to figure out how it is and we're going to put a number on it and we're going to start hauling people back into court what we just did was clear our courts of all this this bull crap so i just say we tread lightly and don't start throwing anyone in jail or taking away their licenses or start putting our line down just because we're scared like let's be let's be intelligent i get it man i mean I, you know i have to argue the other side of the coin i'm all for you know finding a way to manage people behind the wheel being responsible with being behind the wheel and you know i'm 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 there i don't i it, it would be a real bummer if we prematurely began determining ways to understand if someone's impaired that was just straight wrong and that ended up in in folks being penalized for things they shouldn't be penalized for. That's the thing that makes me nervous. What makes me nervous is is this technology advanced enough to the point where a it's relevant for a police for the police to actually employ it in the way it's supposed to be used. Um, I'd want to know that. So yeah, there's a lot of question marks. That being said, you did say something, which is there's a business behind it, and if there's a business behind it, it means hopefully the, the technology will improve to the point that, that it's relevant. relevant. Hopefully that just happens faster rather than not faster. So and I think the way they they took this on. Faster and Rather than not faster. faster. Oh, the oh, editorial. Yeah. No, but the, the, you know, and the thing that I think that they did, and I hope that they did, and I don't have the chops to know this. I think they tested it. They put it in a small group, and I don't know if it's been tested in court because you do this 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 pilot, and you, what you do is you pilot this technology until you get a case, and you have to try it in court, and we can have some legal precedents set around to the fact is what is inebriation, prove impairment, and all the other things you have to prove in court to take someone's license away, license away or put them in jail before that right. you went wide and went just because we're legalizing it everywhere so to keep everybody calm we're going to do this thing it i mean it might be more as many problems solving as it causes yeah i mean so yeah for sure time will tell it's interesting to see that that's phrase the night problems as many solving as causes like silk just it's like just out just like a magic trick um do you have you noticed that we speak like 800 percent faster when we're in the presence of each other uh we start at we start escalating i don't want to start here but this is where i want to end buddy i am like chug i'm running through the forest as if there was a hungry jaguar at my heels have you ever started listening to a podcast on 1.5 speed or double speed they do, do not do that on this episode no you can't do it no. it'll turn into just like buzzing but the actually if you play us fast enough you will hear the lord's prayer you will go back in time <laughs> um, the, you know, the thing is, is if you start listening to podcasts at double speed, you can get through more content. And I, other than comedy podcasts, I think you can do this for some things. The problem is when you go to talk to a real human being and you're like, you're cutting them off and blazing at them at double speed, <laughs> it, it gets really, really, really And weird. I really felt like our speed was going to come down after that CBD kush. Nope. Only pushed it up. Only pushed Just it up. Just greased up the cords greased and then, the we, wheels. then we let it loose. Um, Diablo three. Four. Diablo 4. Pilot. Pilot. So what do we got? What do we got? It's like, it's funny. They've been teasing us for months. It's like, is it Diablo 4? Are they porting it to the Switch? Is it going to be a DLC? And it's like, it might be some of them. It might be all of them. If you look at the hires on their webpage of the last couple of years, there's been things about creating new dungeons. There's also been things about porting. So they might be doing both. I think they're doing both. I think they're doing both. Um, basically, all we know from Blizzard is Diablo. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you, would you prefer would you prefer a Diablo 3 expansion? Because there's only been one Reaper of Souls and was that the, there's the Ultimate Evil edition which includes Reaper of Souls and then there's the War, the Warlock or the Necromancer patch, whatever. Would you prefer another Diablo expansion for D3 or a totally fresh D4? I I think you go D4 
and maybe that's just how it's like lined up for me because I like getting into that new game and, and then being able to, to leverage new systems. But the funny thing about Diablo is the graphics can't get too much better. And the reason why I say that is because you're zoomed out. The distance you're zoomed out, that detail, because like, you know your warlock has little ridges on his face, but when did you see them? No. You're hovering above him by, by 100 feet. Well, I mean, like, uh, to be fair, again, Diablo came out like, D3 came out like six, seven years ago. So, um, you know, there's I'm sure there's plenty they can do in the world of graphic fidelity. I haven't seen 4K. Can you get Diablo in 4K? I'm not sure, but right. forget about resolution. Forget everything about everything from, forget about forget it. About Guadalooch. It. Uh, boy, S- going back to that plage. one. Spend a little, uh, yeah, Piaget. It's important that we don't know what we're saying. I think that's key. That's to, key to the whole operation. Uh, um, most of the podcast, one could argue. Oh, man, that's <laughs> from tip to tail. From tip to tail. Um, <laughs> Dan, you're my little space Land, gimp. Land it, buddy. I wish you wouldn't. Every time you make me, you make me get a, there's a little but trauma dude, in my mind okay, where I have okay, to forget okay. you saying that. Bring it in. Zip, zip up zip the hood. Up. Zip up the hood. Put on the anti-grab boots. <laughs> so... Um, there's a lot you could do in the world of graphic fidelity, whether it's oh, spell effects. I'm glad this is where we're going. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's spell effects, whether it's, it, it, I mean, all I can come up with is spell effects. You're doing great. Uh, particles, a rendering. What I would love there? another Diablo three if it was the kind of thing where they released stuff like a normal company and it was like Diablo three expansion this year, D four next year. But a Diablo three expansion this year would probably mean no no Diablo until I have grandkids. I think so, they're wa- they're working them in tandem. I think no, I think they're working them in tandem. They're gonna release a D three expansion and D four. I think that they are legally obligated to only release stuff when Nine Inch Nails uh, and Tool makes album drops, and we're getting a Tool album drop. So I think we're gonna get. Both both of these characters on the street. All right. Well, Dan called it here. All right, dude. We got to get the heck out of here. This beast, buddy. Uh, here's a PSA. Hit it. Don't get jacked off Don't by crypto jacking. Crypto jack. Crypto jacking. So there was recently a um, Steam game. <coughs> Excuse me. In crypto jacking. That's when Bigfoot gives you a handy in a bush. Right? Oh man, is it ever? Um, there was recently a Steam game that got pulled from the Steam store because not only was it a paid game. <laughs> and I'm on Cointelegraph.com right now, but just <laughs> okay. so we can dot com. Cointelegraph blockchain your startup own, enables own. Litecoin transactions via Telegram Messenger. Uh, I don't think that's <laughs> that's the subject matter. It's a crappy Steam game that you pay for and you get and, and then uses it, your computer it to mine Bitcoin. Spyware on it. You're like, that's using no, some using some network this, bandwidth. This single player game is using a lot of network connectivity, surprisingly. You no, know, you know, it's not even network, it's processor power. And listen, if you give me this is this is the end game. If you give me Diablo 4 for free. Yeah, you can have 10 hours of crypto jacking. That's a fair trade whilst I sleep. <laughs> 10 hours of crypto jacking. Whilst, whilst I sleep. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, it's, so it's, don't download crappy Steam games. It's like the Matrix, but for computers. Also, this I didn't believe this game also promised you a really rare Team Fortress item for buying it. What and then it and then it used like a, a, a hacking pass through to call that item. But I think it was it's like the item in Steam, the tradable item. And I think it wasn't actually that item. It just looked exactly like it. So I, Steam went ahead and implemented a new policy that there's like a that can't mimic your images can't mimic another well known image. I don't know, dude. This this is this whole thing. The Steam marketplace with with these items for um, for Counter Strike, etc. Is it Counter Strike still? Counter-Strike Source, right? Those are 
Shit. Got a little gray in your beard, buddy. Ooh. Got a little gray in that, that beard. Remember the kids are playing these games? <laughs> We're man? still striking and countering. Hundreds of dollars for a hat in the game. <laughs> your fancy fling-ding knife for your oh, cops and robbers isn't worth that, Jimmy Jones. Dude, I gotta, I'm got like toweling off my head here. I'm so, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, don't get crypto Jack. Don't get crypto Last, last little bite, little Boom. sound bite here, and we'll actually have covered everything that I talked that we, said that we would talk about in the, in the intro. That was a promise we made to you. We're going to fulfill that contract. All right, a moment of silence for MU Paradise. Uh, if you've friends. downloaded a ROM, which is wrong, that's right. Over the past little while, um, MU Paradise was probably in your browser history. Yep. Make sure to delete that shit because, uh, in the wake of Nintendo's recent lawsuits against other ROM distribution sites, MU Paradise is um, ceasing to provide downloadable versions of their classic copyrighted games. It was only a matter of time, and before it was far enough in the past, and they weren't making a new Nintendo, that if you were hiding and handing out uh, copies of Metroid 2, you know, for an NES, Nintendo wasn't going to say much, but now they're gearing up to monetize. I mean, dude, the jig is up. The jig is up, man. It's like, it's so funny, because early 2000s, let's let's just use Google as a case study. You Google and ROMs, you're ending up in some real dark spots of the interweb. There's some there's some pop-ups there. You're probably also going to be downloading your free access pass to, you know, a mail order spouse. Uh, it's, it's bad news. A male mail order a spouse. A male mail, yes. Uh, his name is Boris. <laughs> his jerk off. <laughs> he is coming tomorrow. Um, <laughs> fast forward to like 2010, you Google ROMs, there's like 50 sites. They're all pleasantly happy. There's not even any like spyware, malware, not a pop, maybe, just, maybe a banner ad. It's an encyclopedia. Yeah. It's the library of Congress of ROMs. Yeah, it's that's it. It's like, oh, this is this is pretty civilized. That's right. Super Mario World. There's not like, a Juarez in sight. No, this is this is not where's. This is uh, Tijuana's miles from here. Yeah, it's all good. Um, and now apparently uh, the the tides have turned, and it couldn't have lasted forever because that's someone's intellectual property. It's it's, co- it's copyright, and you know it's weird when uh, you know something is a business and an art because in a way when you give art to the world that some of these games are art, it, it's kind of everybody's. And once you've made your money on that art, I feel like it has to go into that common place, right? You know what I mean? Like you, at some point, art isn't yours anymore. It's kind of like when a, a, a medicine goes generic. Even if you invent aspirin, you don't get to be the aspirin guy forever. After 12 years, you made your R&D money. Aspirin's everybody. Sorry, fella. Well, all right. Nothing? <laughs> Just nothing? Yeah, no, I, I feel you. I feel you, dog. You you like you like some aspirin. Though. I like aspirin. I don't actually. I'm not a pill guy. I, you know, headache, water. Let me just give you a little bit of advice. Against bad swallowing a pill. Swallowing is too much. pills. It's just it feels wrong. I like to put a bomb on. <laughs> I think we should probably go ahead and park this guy right in the shed here. Listener questions or games you would like us to play. PurpleDungeonSquid at gmail.com. And let us know if you're a one strain kind of guy or you like to uh, tiptoe through a couple different tulips. Yeah, let us know that. And recommend it to a friend. Your friend, Dave Cameron. Uh, Okay, if you have a friend named Dave, Stuart, Richard, Donald. Little Mickey. Little Mickey. uh, The Deuce. Wendell. Raymond? I already said Raymond. Yeah. Everybody loves Raymond. Uh, What's an L? Louis. Louis. Or Louie. Timothy. Or Rebecca. Let's get a Rebecca. Rebecca, what's up? Rebecca, we've been waiting for you. You got a friend who's named one of them names. You go ahead and tell them. Flip on the purple dungeon squid because it's your legal right and it's free. 
Also, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Purple Dungeon Squid. Until next time, make sure that you keep it dank, my friends. Fuck, I am high.